is Loki still a Marvel villain? Is Thrawn the heir to the Empire? And Bumblebee, does it float like a butterfly or sting like a... Sting like a... Oh, man. What is it? B? B! Today on Pop Culture Over Pizza. Internet, welcome back to another episode of Pop Culture Over Pizza. What's going on, all you pop culture dudes and dudettes? Happy New Year. Welcome to 2019. This is going to be our first pizza party of the new year. And as always, I am joined by our normal roster of hosts. To my right, say hello. Hey, it is Walt. May the first be with you. This is Metatron. Greetings. ASAP Balrog, Happy New Year, one beer. Yeah, everybody sounds real excited to be here today. Um, but we're going to have a little bit of a different format this week instead of what we've been geeking out over for the last week uh, since it's the new year. 2018 closed with a pretty awesome little bang. A couple of great movies came out, some of which we'll talk about a little bit in detail on today's podcast. But... We're going to talk about what we're looking forward to for the year 2019 in pop culture, whether it's movies, TV shows, music. Let's be honest, it's going to be mostly movies and TV shows, but it might be fashion. Whatever the heck it is you're geeking out about when it comes to pop culture as usual. So I guess I'll kick things off uh, myself uh, with what I'm geeking out over, or excuse me, guys, with what I'm looking forward to for this coming year in 2019. Uh, first off, I think that it's, it's pretty obvious. And this one, actually, I was kind of torn over when it comes to the movie world and what I'm looking forward to. I think it may, may very well be, though, because uh, the other possible big movie that I would look forward to, which is a big focus of this, of this podcast, um, there's been a couple of years before the last one came out. The movie that I'm not talking about, that's sort of the runner-up, strangely enough, is Star Wars Episode Nine. I am looking forward to it. But not quite as much as I'm looking forward to Avengers Endgame, just because we want to see the conclusion of what happened like literally a few months ago. It hasn't been that long since we saw the, the story um, kind of continue in Avengers Infinity War. So I'm curious to see how they're going to reverse the snap. And since Marvel is such a, like a, a kinetic ongoing universe and there's always so many movies coming out every year, um, Star Wars is a little bit of more of a trickle in recent years when it comes to like a lot of big projects coming out, notably because of stuff like Han Solo, the, the, the solo Star Wars movie. Um, but that's getting off topic. For me, yeah, Avengers Endgame is definitely the movie that I'm looking forward to the most. The trailer was awesome. I love the cast. I want to see where they're going to go with all these, these characters that are going to be uh, ending their contracts with the actors like, like Robert Downey Jr., and Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans, a lot of people are going to be dropping off in terms of contractual obligation for the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to deal with losing a lot of actors, changing around some storylines. Maybe, again, who knows what they're going to do in terms of uh, where the story is going to go forward from here, if anything's going to get retconned. Um, who knows? But yeah, Avengers Endgame definitely is the big thing that I'm looking forward to <clears throat> Excuse me, in the movie world. For TV shows, um, I have to say, and it'll be a little bit more of a brief mention, uh, it's a it's not an obscure show, but it's not the most popular show on Netflix. I was a big fan 
of Mindhunter when it came out a couple of years ago, the first season of Mindhunter. For those of you that don't know about Mindhunter, uh, it's a show on Netflix that's basically a, a stylized you know, uh, show that, that takes a little bit of liberty with a true story, the true story being uh, the story of the first uh, FBI profilers, the first uh, FBI agents who created the system of profiling that's used today to capture serial killers or kind of predict, you know, whatever, like the sort of that forensic scientific um, aspect of trying to put together a profile of what a serial killer will be like. And it's a very interesting show because there's not a lot of action in it. There's no bad guy that they're chasing. It's all character in that show. It's just basically the, the two characters uh, who are the FBI agents and a third character who is a, a doctor. Um, and she and the two male FBI agents are basically coming up with this, again, forensic science and it centers around how it affects their life uh, to be doing, which is what, what to be doing mainly with what's the gist of their research, which is interviewing serial killers. Okay. And it's, it's really crazy because they take, real life interviews of the real life serial killers that, that are involved in this uh, stylized true story. And they sort of verbatim cut uh, the clips of those conversations. So it's really cool to watch actors kind of say exactly what this crazy serial killer says. Um, but it's, it's a great show if you like very psychological, very character driven, um, you know, really, really plot-centered shows that don't necessarily have a whole butt-ton of action going on, but that still have, a, a like, a really great story kind of underneath. So me, I'm looking forward to that quite a bit. Gentlemen, who else is going to tell me what they're looking forward to in 2019? ASAP, how about you, man? Tell me what's going on for 2019. What are you looking forward to? What show? What's going on? What do you got for me? Uh for this year, 2019, I'm look mostly looking forward to a lot of Star Wars stuff. Yeah. And um, the first thing I'm looking forward to is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is, you know, the Star Wars Lander amusement park in Disney. Mm -hmm. That um, opens later this year in the fall um, in Disneyland, which is in Cali, mm -hmm. and in Disney World in Florida, which will be in winter. And so that's the first thing I'm looking forward to, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I'm looking forward to Vader Episode Two coming out by Star Wars Theory. Mm -hmm. um, we all need to help Star Wars Theory out in order to help him reach his $250,000 um, budget required to create the fan film, the next episode of the fan film. So let's hype him up. What, what does he have, a Patreon? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He has a Patreon. You could donate um, to his Patreon page. Okay. You could um, purchase merchandise from Star Wars Theory. He's, right, I think you could subscribe to his YouTube channel for like $5 a month or something like that. Correct. Well, right? Yeah, you could do that. And of course, just watch his videos, more views, more mm -hmm. attention. You know, so you're helping him a lot. You're helping, yeah, because he can't make any money or take any money for, I think, for the first one or something like that. Right? Yep. So he's using this to create it. Pretty much, man. And um, mm -hmm. and then I'm also looking forward to The Mandalorian. The yeah. hype for that show is just so real, man. Like, I, I really can't wait for that. And that's pretty all, like, pretty um, much everything I'm looking forward to in regards to Star Wars. I'm not really looking forward to Episode Nine or anything Disney, Star Wars related, unfortunately. I know The Mandalorian is... Disney related, but other than that, nothing else really. Like the Disney Star Wars cinematic universe is not, you're not feeling it quite as much, I guess? Not really, man. I mean, a lot changed after TLJ and Solo. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm still keeping my hopes up for episode nine. You know, it's it's the end of the Skywalker, the Skywalker saga, excuse me. And um, it's J.J. Abrams producing it, so directing it. So I'm, you know, 
hopefully can get it back on track basically i'm, I'm trying to keep my hopes up for that but it's just something i'm not necessarily looking forward to but i'm gonna watch it anyway it's star wars you know i understand that there's a little star wars fatigue i kind of mentioned the same thing when i was talking about yeah it's, it's, like, mm, it's been a few years and also you want to keep, see the story continue but it's also like uh and i know not everybody dislikes solo i know it's unfair to say that that derailed everything mm-hmm but at least in the eyes of Disney, that kind of changed the whole the whole Disney cinematic universe outlook, essentially. But uh, there's really cool things: the Mandalorian and uh, the, you know, the Star Wars the Star Wars rides at Disney World and Disneyland sound pretty freaking cool. Yeah. As well as the uh, Vader fan film. What about you, Walt? Why don't you tell me a little bit about what it is that you're looking forward to for 2019? Oh boy, there's so much. I, I don't even know where to begin. Um, I, I think I'm gonna go a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Avengers is coming out. I know you've got all the Marvel properties. You've mm-hmm. got the DC properties. I'm actually looking forward to John Wick number three. Oh yeah, that's um, good too. That 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 is a really good franchise. Um, you know, it it plays around with you know different ideas and and you know twists it around and stuff. You know, the whole idea of the Continental as a as a safe haven for the assassins and whatnot, mm-hmm. and you know. Now he's on the run, and now everybody's after him. And you know he he pretty much kicked a lot of butt, you know, in the first two movies. Now you have the entire assassin fraternity coming after him. Um, I can't. I can only imagine the carnage and mayhem that's going to come out of that movie. What they said, John Wick Chapter Two. There's a there's a kill count. I'm sorry. To I can imagine it's pretty in John Wick. Let's see. In John Wick 1, he kills 100. Oh, no, excuse me. He kills 128 people in John Wick 2 compared to 77 in John Wick 1. So he's closing in on, on over 300. Or he's going to get to probably 300 people. Oh, he'll probably get that in the first couple of minutes. Three, you know, <laughs> around. But yeah, that's so. a cool movie. That's, that's a really, really good movie. And he's got and a dog. The Continental, the TV show coming out, too. That's something that can't be discounted. And, and his dog. He's got a new dog. He's got a new dog? He's got a new dog. The dog's in the second one. It was a German Shepherd, I think it was, or something like that. I, 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 I don't remember. But the dog from the second one was fine. Where did he get rid of it? I don't know. What the hell? Is it a new dog? Maybe it's the same dog. I'm, 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 I hope that that dog is because the first one, everybody was crazy about that dog getting killed. So much so that there was even the reference in Deadpool, too. Exactly. <laughs> you guys remember in the credits. <laughs> From the guy that killed John Wick's dog, I think, was yep. the was the director or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the dog survives John Wick too, so I certainly hope. Well, probably the Assassin's Guild kills the second one, and oh, that's no. what makes him go after the th- <laughs> the third one. Are you gonna kill another one of his dogs? <laughs> that's terrible. They like blow up his house in the second one. I'm that's... kind of okay with that. Don't kill a dog. <laughs> But that's and now basically that's the only right? way yeah, they yeah. get him to do anything. <laughs> Just kill his dog. Or his car. His car. That was the second that one, right? Sweet car. That was the second no, one. The he first, got mad. The first, first one? The first one was about the car. I thought the first one was about the dog. It was about both. It was a yeah. dog and the car. Yeah, exactly. And the second one he also got mad about the new car too, if I remember. Because mm-hmm. that's the one where he was in the taxi yeah. like thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was driving around inside the freaking building and he got he got hit by a car or his car got hit by a car, and then he got hit by his car, getting hit by the car. Yeah, all over the place. So, yeah, the first the first one reek from uh, Game of Thrones wanted his car, so you know, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, I want to see that too. That's a yeah. really good movie. So That's a fun movie. The the other thing that I'm kind of geeking out, and I have less you know fate in it, but I'm just I curious about it mm-hmm. is New Mutants. Okay, mm-hmm. so New Mutants is that comic book. Property. It's one of the last Fox movies that are, that probably come out of that studio mm. um, by itself. And 
that movie is kind of leaning toward the horror elements of it. You know? Yeah, I saw a trailer for it a few weeks ago. I saw, yeah. and during Aquaman, I think. Exactly. The Aquaman screen, screening. I was watching it. I was like, what the hell is this? And yeah, so that for me looks a little yeah, interesting because, uh, because you know, I'm, I'm really into horror. And so to see horror and superheroes put together. Mm-hmm. And there's another movie that's coming out that um, Metatron is geeking out. And I'm going to leave that to him. But it also blends horror and superhero together. Okay. I'll let him talk about that. Well, one thing um, interesting about New Mutants, too, is you got a little bit of a geeky cast. Because you got Anya mm-hmm. Taylor-Joy from, from Split and from Glass. Maisie yeah. Williams from Game of Thrones. you got Antonio Banderas. He's got some geek cred from back in the days. So, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting movie. And the... The thing that gives me pause is that they they went back and they kind of reworked the movie again. Mm-hmm. So you know, usually oh. when you hear stuff like that, it's not a good sign. Yeah. Um, uh oh. But <laughs> I, like I said, I'm interested to see what they're doing, and this is one of the things that I, I kind of don't like about the Disney Fox merger is mm-hmm. you're gonna lose movies like this. You know, yeah. Disney is is very you know they they have their one note. They know what they they do. Fox was more adventurous because you're doing. For example, this movie, New Mutants, which is blending horror and superhero. They did Logan. They did Deadpool. These are these are different takes on superheroes yeah. that I don't think we're going to see with, with Disney. So, But like I said, I'm curious about New Mutants. Um, on the TV side, I am... Obviously, I'm waiting for Game of Thrones. We've, we haven't seen Game of Thrones in about a year and change. You know? It's like almost so, two years now. Yeah, right? exactly. And so... Um, we're headed toward the final season of Game of Thrones, and I think it's six episodes, so it's going to be very movie, movie short, length, right? They're right, two hours long each, I think, or something like that. Very short and concise, but uh-huh. you know, it's going to get to the point that hopefully there's no filler. We just get straight into the action, straight into the story. Um, but oh, the, I will say this much: I don't want to cut you off, but I want to be careful with that because that's what the last season did for me, and that kind of I didn't like the last season because there was not a lot of exposition, there wasn't a lot of story, and they ran all over the map of of the Game of Thrones world, mm-hmm. literally, like literally ran all over the map. What's his name? Gendry or whatever that guy's name is. Ran from like not not Gendry. Uh, yeah, which guy? I think it's Gendry. When they were when they were trapped behind the wall, um, surrounded by the White Walkers and their army, and they literally sent that one guy to run like thousands of miles according to the map back to the wall to tell Daenerys that they were in trouble, oh, so she, she could she fly the dragon, the dragon back yeah. back to. The- yeah, I forget who which kind anyway, of was. I think it was Gendry, but it could have been. That's okay. You know? It doesn't matter. But yeah, I don't want to cut you up. Like I said, I just want to caution. Let's not get too much into well, action. I, I like the pacing because you know it, it was very you know you're going boom 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 straight straight through it. You know, mm-hmm. um, sometimes you know what these shows do is they kind of elongate. You know, that's why I'm not a fan of the 23 episode season. Mm-hmm. I th- I think shorter is better because when you go 23 episodes during a season, mm-hmm. you've got to fill in a lot of the blanks there. There are episodes that literally you can just throw away in those type of seasons. So, that's why I like you know, the, um, the, the 10 Netflix, episodes. The Netflix model? Well, that was the HBO model too, I guess, yeah. for a while, right? Because mm-hmm. they were doing 10, 10 episode seasons of Game of Thrones and then Netflix was doing 12 or 13, 13. episodes. Yeah, 13. And then they were like, okay, that's too much. <laughs> they were like, let's cut it down to 10. Yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so, but, so I am, I am interested in Game of Thrones, but the one that I'm really gonna geek out over is the new adaptation of Watchmen. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. I like, I like Watchmen as a story a lot, and the way that uh, Doctor Manhattan has been recently interceding in the DC universe is pretty interesting too. I don't know if you guys know. Doomsday Clock. That. 
Mm -hmm. That's pretty freaking awesome too. I think it's a great thing that they added to the DC Comics universe. So th this has a pretty interesting cast. It has Regina King, it has Tom, Don Johnson, mm -hmm. Tim Blake Nelson, Louis Gossett Jr. for the 90s people, you know. Um, Tom Meissen, who was in Sleepy Hollow, he was the main character there. Oh, like um, about Crane. You have uh, Black Manta. In oh, the guy who plays Yaya Abu Abdul Mateen the <laughs> second, um, and Gene Smart. And so there's not there's I know they they started filming, um, but there hasn't been a lot of you know rumors and such about what the story is going to be like because mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be a direct adaptation of Watchmen. I think it's going to be like one of those alternate reality, alternate universe side stories. I had heard that it was going to be a prequel. That's yeah, it's something like that. It wasn't going to be. Sense. It wasn't going to be Zack Snyder's vision of Watchmen mm -hmm. redone over again. It was going to be something different. So um, they haven't set a, a release date yet, but we do know that it's coming out in 2019. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm interested in. Um, and, and you know, there's tons of other stuff, but I want to give. Metatron his chance because I don't want to step on his parade. So Last Metatron, but not least, go for it. Kick it away. So I'm going to start with the movies. The most obvious one is going to be Godzilla 2. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you can never go wrong with the four-way, possibly three-on-one monster battle. <laughs> then you also got Shazam, Star Wars mm -hmm. 9, mm -hmm. uh, Glass, Glass Hellboy, and Really looking forward to that one. It looks like it's going to be different. It's definitely going to be different from the one with Ron mm -hmm. Roman. It does. So let's see how that goes. Lion King. It's another one. Uh, the Pokemon Detective movie looks interesting. Ryan Reynolds looks like he'll be a... Well, you don't really have a Pikachu thing except for Pika Pika. But he <laughs> looks like he'll do an interesting Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. Yeah. It Chapter 2. Mm -hmm. That'll be another good one. I really like the, the first movie that came out. Mm -hmm. And then the one uh, Walt was talking about earlier, it's Brightburn. Now that is going to be an interesting movie because what basically is happening happening there, um, it's going to be, it's made by James Gunn, the guy who did Guardians of the Galaxy. And oh, what's going to okay. happen there is it's basically if, if a Superman-like character came down and he was bad, what is going to happen? Oh, okay. It's like an Elseworld story of Superman, but it's not strictly Superman. It takes a lot of the the core plot points from Superman's origin, coming down in a in a space-born vessel, mm -hmm. becoming the child of a family who, you know, they don't have kids of their own, but mm -hmm. mystical kids. On a farm, right? On a farm. But except the turn with this is... He looks like he's going to be uh, not a very nice guy. And it's going to be a horror movie. Hmm. And yeah, it's going to be a, very interesting. A trailer here. I'm just, look, I'm just looking at it on mute. That seems pretty interesting, too. Um, and, and apparently it is the screenplay is by James Gunn's brothers. They're actually helping him. Um, what, what are their names? They were one of the uh, Ravagers. Uh, Brian and Mark. Brian and Mark Gunn are going to be helping him with the screenplay and he's producing okay. it i guess he's not directing it but he's, he's producing it that does look, this does look pretty interesting though and it is kind of cool to hear about like a bizarro superman not the character bizarro superman but a bizarro, a bizarro of superman the bizarro <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's almost like it, it's a 
James Gunn's big fu to Marvel. Yeah, not DC. DC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, Marvel. Marvel. Oh, Marvel. Yeah, Marvel. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He's sorry. joining DC, right? Isn't he going to make this next Suicide Squad movie? Isn't he that's, involved that's in that? That's what they said. That's what they said. They said that he's writing the script. They haven't mentioned that he's directing yet. But okay. usually when you write, you direct. Yeah, so. well, he's one of those, at least he's one of those directors that likes to be involved in most aspects of the process and it makes for great movies like Guardians of the Galaxy. So, yeah. makes a lot of sense. And yeah, you know, I'm watching this trailer. Like, it looks like it's freaking landing in, like, Kansas. He's, like, driving away from the farm. Like, it's this definitely looks like something Superman-ish. It's like a horror It is a horror movie. And he, he's leaning back toward his old horror movie elements because he did do... Um, a movie for trauma, mm-hmm. you know, which is famous for what? What is it? The, the Toxic Avenger, you know. Yeah. And then um, he did do Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. He he's done Slither. He did the Belko Project, which is the Belko Experiment. I'm sorry, which is a, a great little movie. Um, I don't know if you ever seen it. It's it's basically um, people getting trapped in an office. Literally, the building shuts down and. There's a voice. It's kind of like Saw. The voice tells them, you've got to kill everybody. Okay. <laughs> to get out. The last man standing is the one that's going to is gonna survive and get out of the building. Oh, and Michael Rooker and John C. McGinley are in this movie. There you go. Sold. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, that, movie is, that movie is pretty interesting. That works for me. What movie is that? It's called The Belco Experiment. Yeah, this, it, was, yeah. it came out maybe two or three years ago. You know, it was one of the, one of those small indie releases. It was it didn't go out on wide release. You know, they didn't do a lot of marketing for it. It's just one of these little nuggets that I I'm pretty sure you can find it on Netflix now. Um, but it's it's pretty good. I want to watch know. that. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, interesting. The Belco Experiment. Belco Experiment. I'm gonna find out if it is on Netflix right now, so we can tell anybody that's listening. If you want to check out this awesome movie that we're recommending, uh, you can definitely check it out. It's a 2016 film. It's an hour and twenty nine minutes. It's and not it's on Netflix. Fifty three percent mark. Not on Netflix. Sucks. But if you do want to find it somewhere else, watch it. Comes highly recommended. I'll find it somehow and I'll check yeah. it out. Yeah. So you had you had more more things that you're geeking out of. Yes. And now I'm gonna move over to, to the TV shows. Mm-hmm. I also heard sometime in the middle of this year, Legion season three is coming out. Mm-hmm. That's probably because Walt was telling me earlier that. Viewership has declined greatly from 1.6 million to like what 300,000. Yeah, and it's, it's a shame because that is really a fantastic show. It's trippy, right? Like, if you like psychedelic, trippy stuff yeah. and superheroes, that's your show. Like, we I started watching it and it took a while for you to get into it, but now that you're into it, it's like fantastic, right? Yeah, you know, so it's a very trippy show, though. I will tell you that. Yeah, so hopefully. This isn't the last season, but if it is the last season, I really hope it goes out on a bang. Then you have BoJack Horseman, season six. That's going to be some type of crazy. Rick and Morty should be coming out sometime soon. Yeah, it's supposed to be coming out this season, according to what I've seen. Uh, yeah. Or this year, excuse me. That's um, what I've seen. It doesn't, doesn't say specifically when, but sometime this year. Castlevania season three is also going to be coming out soon. And yeah. season two was spectacular. Spectacular. I'm excited to see where they go now. Um, and then this is just some of my stuff. Um, I also watched this show called Shadowhunters. It's based on a series of books. It's like Supernatural, but it has a different spin on it. It's more of like a, a teen fiction thing. 
but it's still still pretty good in my opinion. The final season is gonna be coming out soon for that show because it's wrapping up an individual story arc. I don't know what they're gonna do after that, but it's the final season. And then, of course, you guys know me, Supernatural season fifteen has been confirmed. <laughs> and I don't even we haven't even finished we haven't even finished this season, and we don't even know what on earth is gonna happen. So like this is going to be nine kinds of crazy. Should I say 66 kinds of crazy? But that's basically what I'm going to be looking forward to in both the TV and the movie realms. All right. That sounds pretty exciting. It looks like we got a lot of awesome stuff to look forward to for the 2019. Um, and that's some great content that we're going to be checking out later on this year. So to speak of some of that great content that's coming out uh, this year in 2019, we should probably actually address the fact that a lot of the stuff that's coming out this year in 2019 uh, is sort of a finale for a lot of huge pop culture properties. Now, this is an article that we're referencing from uh, io9 from Gizmodo, by the way. Uh, I want to give him a shout out for that, but 2019 is the year of the pop culture finale. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's take a little bit of a off of the list over here so we can see all the big, big, big franchises and properties that are ending this year. Star Wars Episode Nine is going to be the end of the Skywalker saga. The last season of Game of Thrones. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, this phase is over. The Fox X-Men Universe, gone. Big Bang Theory, done. Gotham, done. How to Train Your Mad Dragon, the final movie. The Unbreakable Universe is coming to an end this year. It Chapter 2, final season of Mr. Robot. Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. New Toy Story movie coming out. John Wick is coming out with Chapter 3. Some say there's going to be a Chapter 4. But this is just a sampling of uh, all the stuff that's ending this year. What's, like, the really the, the big one, I guess, for you guys? That's something that I'm curious about. Which is the finale that you're looking forward to the most? Even if it's not a finale, like I said, I'm looking forward to Avengers. That's the start of a new phase. What do you think, Matt? What do, you, what do you think about these well, finales? Well, in all honesty, I'm tied between two. Mm -hmm. I'm tied between Star Wars Episode Nine yeah. mm -hmm. and Glass. I've been really looking forward to that one for a long time. Yeah, that's true. I agree. Glass is a Glass was an awesome movie. It was such an awesome thing out of left field when Split revealed itself to be in the Unbreakable Universe. Yeah. And as soon as we all saw that, I think everybody was kind of anticipating a movie like Glass, right? Yeah. <laughs> So that's something that's really cool that's going to be wrapping up this year. What else? Who's got a big finale wrap-up that they're looking forward to this year? I'll tell you, I'm for me, actually, uh, I haven't seen the last season of Mr. Robot, but I want to wrap that up and watch this coming season of Mr. Robot because that's uh, one of my favorite shows that's come out in the last few years. And I have to agree, even though I said that Avengers Endgame was something big that I was looking forward to, I have to say that watching the Skywalker saga finally wrap up is going to be pretty amazing because I think it's going to make – I think it's, it's making me hopeful for the future of what they can do with Star Wars because a lot of us love the extended universe stories, the stuff that goes beyond the Skywalkers and the books, the TV shows, and whatever else. So that's a big one that I'm looking forward to. And to, for me, probably the finale of Game of Thrones because even though I wasn't a huge fan of Season 7, which I mentioned earlier – I want to see how they can wrap this up and how they can maybe make season eight go out on a really high note. So, and it's been a while since we've seen Game of Thrones. So for me, that's probably the other big finale I'm looking to 
this season. Uh, what do you think? Well, what, what, what are you looking for? Forward to watching the finale of, I should say, this coming year. Uh, I guess, game. like I said before, Game of Thrones is on my to-do list mm-hmm. uh, this year. Um, I'm curious to see. But, you know, as I say, Game of Thrones won't really be going away because they're still planning some spinoffs off of that. Right. So right. They're, they're keeping that in there. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to John Wick, you know. Um, but I guess the Fox universe it, it saddens me a little bit that it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's go- those characters are going back to Disney, we're going to lose, you know, that uh, that so, diversity that we had in superheroes and stuff. Yeah, so we lost variety. And, and, and not only not genres. only with losing the the different type of genres, we're going to lose superhero movies. The the quantity of it also because mm-hmm. before you know, just looking at this year, we had. Um, Black Panther, we had Avengers, we had Deadpool 2, we Logan had Rain. Logan, we had Venom, Once Upon a Deadpool, movies. you know, all, all these movies that now they're being consolidated between Disney and Fox. So, you know, on one hand, I'm kind of glad that we'll have stories of the X-Men, of Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. um, you know, intertwined with the heroes that we've come to know and love in the MCU universe. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I'm going to miss the fact that we had the opportunity to have a Deadpool 2, a Deadpool, a Logan, things of that nature. So um, not so much that I'm looking forward to the Fox universe leaving. It's more it's a, the it's opposite lament. for me. Yeah, a Lament, a song of lament for the, the Fox comic book cinematic universe. And, and listen, not for nothing, <laughs> some of those movies weren't the greatest things no, of all time. No, I mean, all. Some, you know, you look at X3, you look at all the Fantastic Four movies, they were they were this close to being pieces of crap, you know what I'm saying? They weren't the great one, yeah. the great movies, but I just, I like, especially in the last couple of years, I like the, the directions that they were taking, the mm-hmm. risks that they were taking, you know, and that's not something we're going to get with Disney. Yeah. You know? I have to say that for me, it's like it's almost like you take the MCU, you have the DCEU. I feel like the 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 Fox X Men universe was somewhere in between the two in terms of quality, because. Mm-hmm. And one thing I will say is that like I was not a huge fan of X Men First Class. I've said this a lot to anybody that will ask. I really didn't like X Men First Class, but the casting was fantastic. Yeah. So you have to give them that. It's kind of the same thing that happened in Justice League. Some of the casting was inspired. Some of the casting was really, really great. It was the movie that fell apart, the plot that kind of fell apart. But you can't blame the people who who were assigned to act in these roles. I think they did as well as they could with the characters that they were given, the storylines they were given. And I feel like that happened a lot in the X-Men universe, too. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I, I still think we still haven't seen a true x-men movie we've seen mm-hmm. we've seen a mutant movie we've seen we've seen stories where you know you have superheroes with mutant powers but i still haven't felt like we've had a definitive x-men movie i think um mm-hmm. days of future past days of future past was probably the closest not x2 x2 was was pretty good in the same the same universe in terms yeah. of the best uh X-Men movies and not yeah, X-Men movies. Exactly. So, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to get better stories. And, uh, you know, I don't want to see Dark Phoenix anymore. We've seen it already <laughs> how many times. We're, we've got a Dark Phoenix movie coming out this year. None of them have done any of the story, 
any of these movies have done no justice to the storyline. Yeah. You know? And again, like it was mentioned in one of our previous podcasts, there was an opportunity for them to make it a trilogy, which might have finally made it into a story that was worthwhile because yeah. it's such a complicated Dark, one. Dark Phoenix, you can't handle it in one movie. <laughs> it can't happen anymore now. So that one's kind of going to be lost. We'll still probably end up watching it, right? Because... Oh, yeah, yeah. about it. Of course. Like, still going to end up watching it, but it's going to be like, ah, there's nothing coming after this. And, and I'm but what happens if there's a post credit scene? Like, who's going <laughs> <laughs> to And I'm, I'm curious to, to see what the, the ramifications of this deal um, ends up happening with the movies because, you know, there are people that you go to the movies because you're invested with the characters, right? Mm-hmm. But if you know the characters aren't coming back, yeah. And especially with all these movies that are coming out this year, I just wonder how well Dark Phoenix and New Mutants will do. You know, when does Dark Phoenix come out? It's near the end of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? Correct? Uh, I think November or something like that. So maybe they place it on. They listen. They can't put that in in the summertime. Nobody's gonna go watch. That. It's like June. Really? Yeah. June wow. Seventh, twenty nineteen. They're probably trying to get it in. Before. Like as soon as they can, obviously. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe they're trying to to uh, to keep up the hype from what is it? The Google search results showing that that Hugh oh, that Jackman Hugh was going to be Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, not going to happen. It would be funny and messed up if they just had Hugh Jackman in the movie <laughs> as, Hugh as Hugh Jackman. Maybe he gets like snapped away or something like that. That's why they can't put him in the expensive movie. <laughs> Maybe they're just uh, trying to keep them behind from that. It comes out in April, and they're gonna be like, "Well, by June, people are gonna still, you know, work. Oh, it'll man. just be coming out of movie theaters. We'll have our Logan movie. Go jump right into Dark Phoenix." So it comes out in June, June seventh, according to the most recent release date. Yeah, that, oof, yeah, that's gonna be tough because you you have Godzilla, you have um, Toy Story. The the next month you've got. Spider-Man and Lion King coming out, mm-hmm. you know, and the months before you have Pikachu, John Wick, Aladdin, Avengers, Shazam. I, I just, it, it doesn't make sense to me to put it in that, you know, crowded of a field. You know, it, how many people are invested in that, it, in X-Men right now? You know, who knows? Maybe there's a lot of bad taste with the X-Men universe. So... Maybe um, Fox just wants to bury it in there. I guess they just want to get get it out and get it rid of it as soon as possible. Maybe it's part. Of, maybe this is even part of the deal. Maybe Disney is like, you know what? Just get that crap out of the way. Get it out of the way in, in June or something like that. Who knows? It, it doesn't look exciting to me from the trailers that I've seen, and I know that they've reworked it um, much like they did with New, New Mutants. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. We'll see. So that's that's my stuff. Okay. Um, Speaking okay. of oh. Is there anything? Um, oh, go ahead, man. Go ahead. What, what 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 point do you want to add? No, the it was never never mind it. Uh, ASAP, did you have anything that any finales you were looking forward to? Yeah, like just the yeah, just the Skywalker saga for sure. The big one. Yeah. Oh, you're the big you're like the huge Star Wars fan besides our resident Lord of the Rings guys. It's <laughs> like I'm looking forward to Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Okay, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And fashion. And all yeah. that other good stuff. Yeah. You know what? I understand that. And I respect it because it's about time the Skywalker saga. Probably about time that it got wrapped I, up. I, I honestly, didn't become the focus. I honestly yeah. think the Skywalker saga ended after Episode Six, after right. Return of the Jedi. I mean, I, I'm not saying the sequel sucked. It's just that I see a lot more from the Legends, mm-hmm. the expanded universe of mm-hmm. Star Wars, 
that makes a lot more sense and coincides with the ending of Return, Return of the, the Jedi, Jedi more oh. so than what happened, um, you know, with Episode Seven. That's a lot of the complaint you hear from a lot from people when they yeah. don't say they like the Last Jedi. For, or something and, like that. and Force Awakens had all of what fifteen seconds of Luke Skywalker in it. Because no one ever mentioned, no one ever mentioned in Episode Seven or the sequels whatsoever. And I don't know if this is canon or not, but there was something called the Battle of Kuat Drive Yards, mm-hmm. which basically was. After the Battle of Endor, when the rebellion had their victory against the Empire, the um, they went to this planet called Kuat, which had the Imperial shipyards that you know that created the Star Destroyers and all the ships, the entire the entire fleet, mm-hmm. and they had to destroy that in order to cripple the Empire from creating more, um, you know, Star Destroyers and adding to the Imperial Navy because they already destroyed the Death Star too, right? Mm-hmm. So might as well finish the entire thing. Destroy their shipyards as well, and um, yeah, supply yeah, line warfare. But yeah, exactly. Star Wars: <laughs> The War didn't finish with the Death Star, the second Death Star. That was barely the beginning. That was that was the start of mm-hmm. the end. But yeah, but you know, not a lot, a lot of people, people know think, that. Yeah, a lot of people think that because of the Death Star blowing up, and then especially with those new scenes that Lucas put in, yeah. where they they go back to Coruscant and they're pulling down the statue. A, yeah. lot of, a lot of people think because of that the war ended, but no, the war continued after right. that. And it's, act- and it's actually like because war reference, I think. And it's yeah, actually yeah. because of the battle of KDY, Kuwait Drive Yards. Why I when I found out I lost a lot of respect for Admiral Akbar, who is a really iconic character in Star mm-hmm. Wars. And it's because of this. He was the one who led the the siege of Kuwait Drive Yards mm-hmm. against the Empire. The Empire mm-hmm. was defending and the re- rebellion was attacking. But that battle lasted so long and costed so many rebel lives that ultimately it got to the point where the Empire successfully defended KDY and crippled Akbar's forces to the point of making Akbar surrender. So mm. it's like everything he did was in vain. Okay. He didn't win that battle at all. So he just retreated. You could say, if anything, that does tie a little bit into The Last Jedi because it's clear that the, that the yeah. Empire... First order is not really crippled, and they got plenty of ships out there. So maybe that, maybe it is canon. I don't really know. It was that one of the. It wasn't part of the Legends universe of books, was it? Uh, I believe not. No. So that might know. still be canon. It's something that we could definitely discuss in the future. Yeah, but not a lot of people know that. That's what I'm saying. Maybe. It, it just snapped straight to Jakku in Episode Seven. And, and see, that's the, the yeah. problem with Star Wars because a lot of this <laughs> stuff, um, it's not just watching the movies that gets you caught up. You have to be invested in the comic books. Mm-hmm. You have to be right. invested in the books. You even have to be invested in the video games to get the full sense and, yeah. and, and the animated series to get the full sense of, of Star Wars. Like, for example, um, the character that they brought into from Rogue One, right? Um, what, was, what was his name? I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, which character? The, which um, one? The one played by Daniel Luna. Oh no no no! no, no, no. Um, talking about. He he was in clone. He was in the Clone Wars series. What does um, he look like? What, what is, is oh, Forrest Waker's character? Yeah. Yes. Character. I can't remember. Oh, dark. What was his name? Let's see. Internet. What you could tell God. us. Right. Well, I'm looking at. Yeah, up, yeah. I got to say, but that's, but that's the point. Whatever. That's a character. That's a character that was pretty prevalent in the Clone Wars. Yes. Saw Gerrera. Saw you that's a character that was pretty prevalent in the Clone Wars, but you know what? For the person that only watches the movies, they're like, oh, who the heck is this guy? And, he's, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, he died within the first act. And then you yeah. had that again with Han Solo and the resurrection of Darth Maul. You wouldn't know that unless you saw the Clone Wars 
yeah, you know, show and exactly. Yeah. So for me, that that's kind of a failing of Star Wars because you know there's a lot of elements that's great because you know what the Star Wars universe is so rich with all these stories, but you don't really get a sense of it unless you're following all this stuff. And there's a lot of stuff to consume. That's probably why the MCU is so successful because you look at the movies, everything you need to know is in the movies. Is in the movies. But the, the TV shows can be a fun compliment. There's Easter eggs from the movies and stuff like that. They refer but to the movies. not as much stuff. Not huge, not, but not enough. That's what I'm saying. It's not so intrusive that you need to watch it. No, but right? this, so is like, what I, this is what I enjoy because in watching the, the shows. In the Netflix shows, they drop these little Easter eggs, but they're so subtle that you don't notice. Like every once in right. a while, they'll talk about you know the Battle of New York. I feel like maybe like stuff. Like, I don't watch as much stuff like Agents of Shield. No, drops a little bit more. Not even that. Not right. even I'm, I'm, the I'm first even with Agents of Shield Shield because that's a show that I watch and I and I actually enjoy. Mm -hmm. The first season of Agents of Shield was very in interconnected with the MCU. Uh, okay. um, and it was very interconnected with the the events that happened with Winter Soldier. Right, with the Triskelion falling and you know, the shield not being shield and being infiltrated by Hydra, and it was actually to the show's detriment. You mean the helicarrier falling, the helicarrier for yeah. the helicarrier came from you know, yeah. th th there was there was a reference to it, um, where one of the helicarriers it came from Agents of Shield, mm, right? Okay, okay, so you have that, but it actually made. The, the show suffer and once they started getting away from being so tied to the MCU that's when the show got better now the last season they referenced um what was happening in Wakanda oh the um, very end the, in, in what was happening in Wakanda in Infinity War. in Infinity War yes. correct at the very end of that show when that show was wrapping up I think in the last episode they said oh something's going on in Wakanda that's it and, and no <laughs> something but, they actually mentioned Thanos by name. Okay. Okay. But that's that's about as much interconnectivity with Angels of Shield as you get. They probably have to like. I'm, I'm sure they're gonna have to address it. Obviously, well, like, they mentioned this with the damn universe. But how do you do it? You know, it, it's it's a crazy thing. Maybe that's so, why they canceled the Marvel Netflix shows too. They're like, we can't figure this stuff out. How the hell are we supposed to reference yeah, the fact well, that half the universe got wiped out? Yeah, where where, where did Daredevil go? You know? Yeah, like where's Daredevil? Where's Daredevil and Iron Fist? So that's the problem with having TV shows and movies interconnect with each other because then you get into those weird areas where, yeah. you know. Big mind blowing events like the, the decimation, right? Yeah. That's how do you silly factor there. that into? <laughs> yeah, I know. How do you factor that into the universe, right? Because mm -hmm. what happens? All of a sudden, Daredevil gets dusted, and for the next seven episodes, you have a, a Daredevil show with no Daredevil. Yeah. It yeah. makes it really difficult. So I understand why you need to separate them. Like, what, half Defenders, like, when the next Defenders season's come out? Like, yeah, well, it wouldn't exactly. make a lot of sense. It doesn't make sense. So I think. I or think you have to jump. Like in time, a lot, and that yeah. doesn't help a lot either, especially with a show like Daredevil the way it wrapped up this past season. Exactly, a time jump, maybe like a small one, but a huge one wouldn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, we don't know what ha what's happening in Endgame. We don't know what the yeah. time frame is. So, and the bad know, guys it, on these shows too, like they could have gotten snapped away. Like what happens mm -hmm. if Kingpin, or like what happens if Vanessa, like uh, Vanessa Fisk, gets snapped away? How does that affect Kingpin? He's that would probably, yeah, he would go exactly. crazy. He would kill everything. But how do you? He would go after Faust. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go. You know, okay. He'd be just as crazy and badass as he is he'll in, tell, in the Spider Verse. He'll go. He'll find Thanos. He'll tell him a story. 
when I was a boy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and he'll just talk him to death. In that and voice. Like, exactly. And you know, speaking... You don't understand where you're coming from here. <laughs> and you know, speaking of the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. there has been a very recent retcon, though, to me, I think it's to their detriment. I think, yeah. Tell us about it. I'm yeah. not happy about so, it either. So, apparently, Loki's role as a villain is... That's been retconned. And the way they're explaining that is that the only reason why he was bad in these in in this line of movies mm-hmm. is because he was being mind controlled by the Mind Stone. Well, I think I think more specifically though, they did mention more the villainous acts that he did in the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. I think yes, that was it was yeah. very specific. But yeah, at the end of the day, they're saying, you know what, Loki, eh, not such a bad guy. I mean, you kind of see that after that Avengers movie, Mm -hmm. but as long as it's contained within the confines of that Avengers movie, then I guess fine. I'll be all right with it. But if that's responsible for what happened in the first Thor movie, what happened in Thor The Dark World, that's not going to work for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I don't like either. I think we, we said it earlier when you mentioned it. To me, that just destroys Loki's entire character arc, which was one of the better ones in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Those are always great arcs, the redemptive arcs. And like they did it well. If you do it well, that's like a really good story that kind of gets thrown by the wayside. Well, I, I will say this. Um, I, I will say that it, if this is what they're they're doing, and I, I think the reason that they're doing it is solely because the Loki TV show is going to mm-hmm. be coming out on their streaming service. So, you know, they want to soften the blow and say, hey, he's not such a bad guy. Hey, go out and watch our show, right? But um, so you have anti-heroes. Yeah, wow. Breaking Bad. But, Hello. But again, this is Disney, right? So, you know, they're, yeah. they're more squeaky clean. And I've got something to say about that, but I'm not going to get into that right now. But What about Breaking um, Bad? No, no, no. About, about <laughs> okay. Disney okay. and its its Disneyfication uh, of its heroes. Yeah, I got something yeah, to say yeah, about yeah. that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off for that mm-hmm. for now. But... I think um, if you look at it in terms of the grander scope of, of Loki's arc throughout these movies, if you want to say that he was controlled through by the Mind Stone in Avengers, then I can kind of buy that because if you look at the first Thor movie, you know that was more again like we, you had said before, like we all said before, he's got daddy issues, right? Yeah, and that issue, big and, issues, right? Yeah. And that's the thing that drives that first movie is that he's he's always in the shadow of Thor, and yeah. he's always so he's trying to do, yeah, he's like always he's trying to do like something. Exactly. <laughs> he's trying to do something to to kind of get out of that shadow, and, mm-hmm. and of course, being who Loki is, he does it the wrong way, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then Thor, the Dark World, and I, I, I only saw that like a couple of times, so I don't remember it that much, because I'm not a, does. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that movie, but you it's look at all the movie. other things that he's done, um, he hasn't really been as villainous as he was in Avengers. A lot of the stuff, it's this gray area where it's like, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not totally bad, but I'm going to do for self, right? Yeah, self-preservation. I, exactly, yeah, you know. In Avengers, he was the the mustache-twirling bad guy that yeah. wanted to conquer Earth. No! Exactly. He said Neil. When you say Neil, you're an ultimate bad guy. Exactly. Only bad guys say Neil. So that's the that's the one outlier out of all these movies when it comes to Loki. Yeah, and I, I so get it. I do. That's why I say, okay, I can sort of buy this. I still don't like that we have to put that out there to explain it, but I can sort of buy what they're trying to say with that. 
I would have had more fun if they hinted at it, but didn't say it right. was necessarily the case one way or another. Exactly. I think leaving yeah. that as a gray area, you know, it, like let's say the Mind Stone brings out maybe the worst in right. what you are and stuff right. like that. That makes more sense. Maybe he's like Thanos and like, he's like, well, I'm he's guilty about having power, so I have to lose. Like, exactly. So that you know, in the comics, which is weird. I don't know. I don't really like the retcon very much. I, it, I can see where you're coming from in terms of the, of the reasoning behind it, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I like well, the I'm idea not a fan of, of, it. of completely you know? retconning it yeah, or, or completely explaining his actions in the Avengers as a result of that because that made sometimes, it so much more complex. Yeah, sometimes, you know what, and I think this is a failing of some of these studios, you don't have to explain everything. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It, hand-holding, it's a little too yeah, much. It's how I feel about this Joker movie coming out with his origin. I don't need to see his origin. I liked, especially in the the uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. I liked the fact that every single time Joker told his origin story, it was always different because it it, it fit perfectly with his character. I don't need Chaotic. to see origin. Yeah, yeah, he's just utterly bat crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, literally, he's bat crazy. So yeah. I don't need everything explained, you know. And and I think the studios try and do that too much sometimes. You know, you could just let something lie and let it be mysterious. It adds to the character. It'd be like it if, adds to the mystique. It'd be like if Aquaman had to explain that Orm was a bad guy because, like, I don't know, he's being controlled by like tr- tridents or by like the armor he's wearing. <laughs> yeah, the fork like, is making him do it. Right? Is that why he's screaming all the time? Because he's under the influence of some evil horse? Like, you don't, you don't need to yeah. do that. And a disservice has actually come up with Aquaman lately. Apparently, mm-hmm. you guys all saw the movie. The special yes. effects were awesome. We have all seen the movie, and I think we all agree that the special effects are pretty freaking awesome. But guess what? It wasn't nominated for a special effects award. Which doesn't make any sense to me. Because oh, my goodness. If, anything, if there's anything that we all love about this movie, and tell me if you guys don't agree, the special effects and the set pieces and the action were just so bonkers and fun. Yes. Like that's what special effects are for. They, they weren't. They, they okay. So so the effects, interestingly enough, were intrusive and not intrusive at the same time. I don't know if you guys like know what I mean because obviously there were a lot of effects going on. It was bright, big, colorful. It was crazy, wacky aliens. Like all these powers on display, people riding seahorses. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it. it Sharks. So it didn't manage to be intrusive because that's what you went there for. That's why you want to see that. You want to see Aquaman's whole underwater world. You want to see these crazy powers. You want to see him riding a freaking Balrog at the end of the movie. And the crazy part is that the, the underwater world could have been something that could have thrown you for a loop, right? If you do it, sometimes you could do that really badly. They did it well. Yeah. They they actually pulled it off. They rule the seas, literally. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very oh, well done. Goodness. You know what? You know what? A bad one reminds me of. Not that I don't like the movie. Uh, remember the original Clash of the Titans? Mm-hmm. Remember when Poseidon would always go underwater to release the Kraken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See that that's an example of something that went wrong. But you didn't see that in that movie. In this I movie, know, you did yeah. right. Mm-hmm. You know. And when you consider what are the movies that got nominated for special effects this year? Yeah, First Man. What the hell even is that? What is that? It's First like Man uh, is the one that going to the moon, right? No, First. Wait, First Man? I'm pretty I sure I saw is. a trailer yeah. for it. I think where, it's the one where they went yeah, to the moon. It that's was going about, to the moon. Uh, that's oh, it Arms, is? Yeah, the Neil Armstrong 
Okay. Biopic. Un- somewhat understandable, okay. but, but as a nomination. Right? But, but you look at the two. Which one had more VFX? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And did it well also. Ant-Man and Ross. Avengers, obviously. Black Panther, Christopher Robin. I didn't even. What is that? Do they have like like they like had Winnie the, the Pooh? Yeah, they had right? Winnie the Pooh. CGI that's with Obi Wan. So it was Ted. Exactly. Yeah. It was Ted like with with, with Winnie the Pooh instead. All Jur- right. Jurassic World, I can understand. I haven't seen it, but yeah, yeah, I get it's, it. It's pretty good, right? Uh, Mary Poppins Returns, like, I haven't what? seen. Like, what is Mary Poppins Returns? Like, what, <laughs> what special effects do they have in Mary Poppins Returns that could possibly be? Like exactly. an octopus playing the drums with with eight umbrellas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they have that very popular. Does she have eight umbrellas? Like, what yeah. the hell? Ready Player General One. Kenobi. <laughs> Ready Player One makes sense. Solo, it makes sense. Yeah, the special effects are pretty good. In that the movie. story sucks, but, that. you know. Like a lot of the, 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 um, was pretty good. The, the Kessel Run, those special effects are pretty awesome. Yeah. They had that weird monster. Like, that was it's cool. Star Wars. So yeah. you, can, you would expect the nomination for that. And welcome... Tomorrow, which is universally panned as a movie, by the way. Welcome to Didn't tomorrow. that movie like? Didn't that movie start with like zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes yep. for like a week? Wow. Welcome <laughs> tomorrow. Is a better VFX movie than Aquaman? Oh my God! They're just giving it to the to the guy. That's the guy who made Forrest Gump, right? So they're probably yeah. just like, you know what? Rob Zemeckis, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, I think it's a Mecca. Is it Rob? Whatever. It's a Mecca. Yeah. Somebody. Uh, the guy who made Forrest Gump, I guess they have to have him win another award and maybe something for Steve Carell. Well, they can't give him to him for the story because the story, obviously, if you start out with zero Rotten Tomatoes. It's Robert Zemeckis. Right? Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, yeah. Rob Zemeckis. Yeah. Rob. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, welcome tomorrow. Now, granted, you know, you have these little figures that come to life and stuff like that, but. You have a re a recreation of an imagining of Atlantis, yeah. uh, as opposed to giant seahorses, little yeah. little little stick figures, little puppet figures walking around on the screen. Listen, what what the James Wan said? He said, censor this. Yeah, I think we'll censor it. Beep it. He know. says, Kelvin. This is him speaking to his Viz Effects supervisor, Kelvin McIlwin. Um, his exchange with him, Kelvin, you and your department peers are the unsung heroes of this film. The fact that your VFX VFX peers in the Academy aren't recognizing or appreciating what we, you, have all contributed to the film and cinema is a effing disgrace. And and he didn't say effing. Yeah. He just, he went the whole hog with this mm-hmm. one. F asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Exactly. K-I-N-G. I, I can agree with him because it, because it's ridiculous. It's it really is. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was a great movie in terms of special effects, so I really don't understand why that got the snub. But I guess if anything, well, listen, somewhat at, happy about some other things. At the, at the end of the day, he's laughing all the way to the <laughs> box office. <laughs> to the box office bank. And so this is uh, what an article referenced by Forbes, the box office. Aquaman will swim past Justice League and Ven- or Justice League domestically, to be specific. I think it actually passed it already. It probably has by now. I th- this I article think- is a couple of days old, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I think it's, it actually passed um, The Dark Knight. 
and it passed Venom worldwide, which yeah. is pretty impressive. So that it becomes the highest. This was this was an article eight hours ago. Um, it becomes the highest grossing DC title overseas. It beats The Dark Knight Rises, which was previously in the first position mm -hmm. with 636.8 million internationally. Okay. Uh, Aquaman now has six, 649.3 million. Okay. Taking a total of 887 million globally. Um, so maybe maybe that that kind of lessens the blow in terms of not being nominated for VFX. It's closing in on a billion freaking dollars worldwide. That's not something that DC movies do very often. So he's been vindicated in that way, I would mm -hmm. say, right? I still that's still a travesty with the VFX. Oh, it I'm is. sorry. It is. Maybe maybe it'll be something that you'll see by the time that the the next Aquaman movie comes around. Maybe he'll get a little bit of. Oh no! Wait, maybe it'll Batman. be like the the Steve Harvey thing, and we nominate for. Oh wait, I'm sorry. This is the wrong person. Oh, yeah. It's Aquaman, <laughs> it's actually. The wrong nominee. It's like welcome to Marlin. Who put this on the list? <laughs> <laughs> Aquaman gets nominated instead. Whatever. He's making a bunch of money. We all enjoyed the movie. A lot of people enjoyed the movie. Some people are saying that that's like something Trump would say, right? Some people are saying that it's reviving the DC universe. I think it definitely is, is a bit of a revival because you have Wonder Woman, which kicks some ass, and now you have this, which kicks some ass, and, and, and it's sticking Shazam, to the formula. And you got Shazam coming up. Which is what, like, there's been some decent, like, advanced yeah, reviews. It, it, it looks like heard. a fun flick. Um, I wasn't super excited about it, but I'm getting a little more excited about it over as time goes on. Um, like I said, I still am a little jarred by the fact that freaking, um, what's his name? Zachary Levy? Is that the guy? Zachary name? Levy. Chuck. Chuck uh, is wearing From the muscle Chuck suit. That does says, jar me a little bit. No, he says that that's all him. No, he I don't believe says, that. I kid you not. He says that that's all him. That's him being a comedian, I think. I, I hope so, because <laughs> it, it's that, like, what is that? There's this thing that, that fake used, bodybuilders use called synthol where they inject yeah. it and it makes their muscles look ridiculous. Like I think the Iranian Hulk is one of those people that it was does a that. Little Ragnarok, which was not too long ago, and he was he was little. Yeah, he was like a scrawny guy too. Exactly. Although, you know what? Like I said, I'm, as I see more of it, I like thematically where it's going because it is supposed to be kind of kids. Like yeah, kids thing, you, know you know what? They, they did cast uh, the adult version of Billy Batson correctly because yeah. Zachary <laughs> Levi. He he does that stuff well. Yeah, he's a big goofball in every character that he plays. So that's something to look forward to more and more. And yeah, you, Aquaman I think was a big win because they made a bunch of money and they they showed that you know DC movies can be big and crazy and fun just like any Marvel movie and and not tied to the DCEU. Yeah, it doesn't have to be hugely tied to it, which is what Marvel did. That was so successful. They took their basic characters and they were like. We're going to get to the big story, but this is your movie. Enjoy. Just have this movie, and we'll have like a reference here or there. Their, their tie-in was the Infinity Stones. That's it. That's yeah, all that tied them in in every of those every one of those movies together. There was pretty much every property, if I'm not mistaken, had a, an Infinity Stone involved in it. Right? Thor did. Iron Man did. Iron Man's the I only one. I don't even think it did. Well, Iron Man, Iron Man didn't. Because Iron Man did the first one. Four days. First one was Warmonger. Second one was Whiplash, and the right. third one was the disgusting Mandarin. Well, Captain America did. That yeah, Captain America did. did. Thor did definitely. Mm -hmm. Thor always does. Yeah. And they had the ether. Um, yeah, they had the ether, which was the reality. Stone, right? had their own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Guardians of the Galaxy Guardians did, the, Galaxy the Power Stone. So a lot of them referenced it, which, but, but not all of them did, but that's how they tied it together, which was a smart thing because it was a subtle thing. And they didn't Strange. even say that that's what it was. Like yeah. Strange, the Time Stone. Strange. They didn't say that what it, that's what it was when they started all this off, right? Because yeah. it was just a Tesseract or it was, you know, this thing or that thing. It wasn't like, oh, here's the Infinity Stone. And you're going to know this like right off the bat. So that's why this is working a little bit better. It was only by the, the names, time. Didn't the names of the artifacts spell out Thanos? <laughs> that's that's another right. thing. I don't know. They yeah, probably I, they I might think, have. I think they did. If if I remember correctly, that, that would have to be take, something we would have to, to I'm, figure. I'm gonna Tesseract, Aether, the and Orb. A. That's what they called the the Power Stone at first. <laughs> um, ooh, the Mind Stone. Scepter, Loki Scepter, that BS. Where's the N? The Eye of Agamotto. That's A. Well, that's already Ether. Well, Ether could be. No, that's not. Aether is A. That's A already. It can't be E, even though technically. I'm going to find that out now. Either way. I have read that somewhere. Here we go. That was a better way to do it. Okay, so you had the Tesseract, which was the Space Gem. Um. Heimdall having the soul gem? That's that that was debunked. It was iffy. It's okay. iffy. You have the Aether, which is the reality gem. You had the necklace, which was the Eye of Agamotto. The Eye of Agamotto, yeah. the time gem. You had the orb, which was the power gem, and you had the scepter, which was the mind gem. Only so, thing they got wrong was Heimdall. Yeah, so so that was early on, but you know, that was a fun little tidbit that they had way back when. Um but but go, going back to Marvel, the, the difference between Marvel is that they have one guy overseeing the whole thing. And and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. They treat their property much like a show does. Because like Star Wars doesn't do as well either. And, and DC me and, uh, and Asa Balrog was talking about that very same thing today. Mm -hmm. You know, Marvel treats their, their property much like a TV show is done. And what, the way a TV show is run is that you have a showrunner. And he's the guy that kind of guides the direction of the show. And that showrunner then goes out and gets directors to to direct each individual episode. But execute the vision. Exactly. They have Star Wars doesn't have that. Kathleen Kennedy is not one that does, right? And DC tried to do that with Jeff Johns, but it didn't, it didn't go well. You know, you had Zack Snyder and and say what you will about Zack Snyder, but Zack Snyder, at least he had a vision that he was connecting all, all his movies together. Yeah, he was going right? to hit was the dark a, side. Right. Apparently. There was a theme, you know, whether you liked it or not, at least there was a theme and a vision and a direction that it had, and it lost it when they got rid of him. So, you know, they tried to bring Jeff Johns in, um, who, was, who was a writer at the time for, he did the Green Lanterns. He's done a, a number of comic book properties mm -hmm. um but he really didn't do much I, I think he only oversaw like justice league and that was it i mean i so, said i said this before and i'll say it again they just need to get what's his name from the from the tv shows bruce tim and his partner i can't remember the other guy's name and just have them paul dini i think paul dini yeah paul dini bruce tim thing. and paul dini the original mm -hmm. creators of the batman animated series just have one a lot of the other movies and all of that they're kind of like the showrunners of the animated division of dc yes and we've all said this before the dc animated movies destroy the Marvel. No, they don't destroy them. That's not fair. There's some really good Marvel ones too, but almost all but, the DC ones are freaking awesome. Yeah, we've got they two are. coming out this year. We <laughs> yeah. have um, the finish, 
Rise of the Reign of the Superman. Mm-hmm. Oh, which is, yeah. Which is coming out pretty soon. Oh, right. That's, a, that's, and, a, that's on my list, guys. Added that. <laughs> and the other property that they're going to do an animation this year is one of my favorite comic book runs, which is Batman Hush. Oh, so that's, that's right. the next adaptation in the DC animated film universe. And but again, you're absolutely right. Those are very. I, see, that's the maddening thing about it. The DC guys have the the animation guys. They have it right. They mm-hmm. tell really good stories. And they know how to connect them, and they know how to pull from the comic book properly. Exactly. Storyline. Because a lot of the comic book them. creators are working in tandem with them. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a lot of guys who actually write, you know, the books. These are and, people that really understand and, the material. Exactly. Jeff and, Johns understands only a small amount of it, I think. No, he does, but he's not a film guy. That's what that's the difference between him and Kevin Feige. Kevin mm-hmm. Feige. Not only did he come from Marvel, but he also has a background in producing films. That's why he's he's really singular in that aspect because he he has um, he has feet in both worlds. So he knows how to do uh, he knows how to write books, and he also knows how to create films and what it takes to do that stuff. So you know, well, that's certainly a failing again of of the Star Wars universe, but. We'll see what happens because Star Wars has a really exciting year coming up, and we're going to talk about that next. And, ladies and germs, we are back. And so our first topic, as mentioned before uh, the break, our commercial break, is uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Star Wars, as we quite often do. The first thing that we're going to jump into that is somewhat intriguing here is it's really more of a theory uh, than anything else. And this comes from dorksideoftheforce.com. <laughs> is that correct? Yes, it is. Yes, dorksideoftheforce, dork, D-O-R-K, um, the website fansided. Uh, they argue, and I have to agree, that now that they're coming out with all these great shows, The Mandalorian, the Cassian Andor series on, uh, I believe those are going to be on the Disney Plus streaming service, yes, if, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. Now would be a great time to release a a uh, a show featuring everyone's favorite blue-faced alien Mithra Nuru Odu, otherwise known as Grand Admiral Thawne. Okay, and that's uh that is a character that was just recently in- recently reintroduced into the canon, right? In the last couple of books, in the last couple of years, because he was in the Legends universe, huge character, one of the most popular characters. Admiral Akbar on steroids, way more awesome if you ask me. <laughs> and he also made an appearance in Rebels. Rebels. Right, right. And, and he had a big arc in Rebels. He's such a brilliant military personality that even the freaking Jedi can't handle him because he's just so smart, basically. But right, right now, uh, he, he was outsmart them in battle. But he wasn't able to outsmart space whales. So. Okay, but that's different because space whales probably have like more chlorians or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, I would say, quite simply, that there's a really easy answer to this one. The answer for me is freaking yes! It's about time <laughs> to release some, some media with Grand Admiral Thought where they bring him to live action because somebody needs to play that blue skinned alien by now, dude. I said this before also, and this was a rumor years ago. There was an idea being bandied about before we got The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, and we don't know what the last one's called yet, right? Am I, yeah. Episode nine. We don't know what it's like, what it's yeah. called yet. Uh, for some reason, I was a little torn on that on that plot point for a moment. Some but there, yeah, <laughs> there, there are rumors. Yeah, uh, like yeah, title rumors or something like that. Right? 
right? Like, he actually likes the name. What's the name? Son of Darkness. Son of Darkness? That'd be an interesting way to end it. Yeah. But we'll see what the, what the actual title of episode 9 ends up being. But the point that I was going to make is that there were some thoughts of taking, um, was it the Dark Empire trilogy, if I'm not mistaken, which was when Thrawn was originally introduced, and adapting that into episodes 7, 8, and 9, which, as you said earlier, might have actually been a better way, since episode 7, 8, and 9 skips so much stuff, and the Dark Empire trilogy doesn't start immediately afterwards, but it starts like just a couple of years after. Yeah, I'm currently going through Jedi. those books. Oh, you're, you're going through them? They're, they're freaking awesome, aren't they? Yeah, I'm really, still really in good. the first book. I still have two more to go. But he's such a he's such an awesome character. The way they describe his, yeah. the way his mind works in the books, you don't even get that in the shows. I would imagine when they describe oh, the no, way his the mind show, works the, on the shows, he's very very talented. Oh no, I know, I know, he's yeah. a genius in the shows. But the way yeah. that the books like actually oh, yeah, narrate yeah, yeah, from yeah, inside yeah. his mm-hmm. head, no, they how tactically brilliant he is, I think is so. Which is which is another reason why he became such a popular character because you read into his brilliant strategies and you're like holy crap this is how you can trick a jedi who can read your mind into like losing a battle to you so that's my that's my two cents it's about time that this happens what do you guys think asap give me some insight on what you think about introducing our boy mithra nuru odu into the bar into the star wars universe and can, and can i just say one thing i have a little bit of fan casting that i think i would would like to see I'd like to see Michael Fassbender as Thrawn. I think, Whoa. I think he'd be pretty good, you know, <laughs> given given the way he, he is. I think he could land this character very, very well. But that's just me. Yeah, so, that would be that would be a good choice. That would actually really would be a really good choice for for a Grand Admiral of Thrawn because he has kind of the right demeanor. Well, that could be another thing we could talk about in a moment. Um, yeah, like who could play Grand Admiral of Thrawn? Uh, you, you've got my you got my uh, like, thought on that. So, what do you think, man? What would be what, what would be maybe even a great story? Would we want to introduce some old stories? Do we want Thrawn in the universe? Do we not want Thrawn in the universe? Is this an easy answer? Is it complicated? Well, Asap, how do you think? Do you remember how they they ended up with um, Thrawn and Rebels, right? Do you think that they should continue that story, or should they go back and tell his story before the hand? Because I think in the comic books they do have Thrawn and Vader meeting, right? So. Will we want to revisit that kind of stuff, or do do you think the Thrawn should go after Rebels and find out what where the heck these space whales took them? I mean, everything you just said is canon mm-hmm. in Disney's eyes. Yeah. But in, by saying forget about the Rebels ending with the space whales, you're basically saying retcon that. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm I'm saying you know, in in this thing, if we go forward with a Thrawn adaptation, whether it be a movie or a show, mm-hmm. whatever have you. Would you want to see him in his early years becoming the man that becomes Thrawn? Because that is pretty interesting, right? Or do we want to see what happens after the ending of Rebels and where he is in the universe after the Space Whales took him? I guess that's the question. Where where would you think Honestly speaking, a Thrawn adaptation would land better? Honestly, I think it would be after. after? Because if you were going to do before, that's already seen like in the books and comics. I mean, of course, moviegoers don't know that. Right, exactly. This goes back to the issue with, you know, mm-hmm. not that knowing we stuff. Have, we already have content about certain characters yeah. elsewhere. It's just it hasn't gotten into the movies. Right, but the thing is that 
going back to the original Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn back in the 90s, mm-hmm. I would like to see Grand Admiral Thrawn and his homeboy Captain Pallion come back to the core worlds with his Imperial fleet, the seventh fleet, mm-hmm. coming from the unknown regions. Yeah. You know, so sick. they come out of nowhere. So the New Republic, well, the Rebel Alliance turned New Republic after Endor and oh, the Battle that. of Kuwait Drive Yards. They they automatically assume, oh, we won, you know, the war's over. <laughs> nope. Psych, Seventh Fleet just came out of hyperspace from the unknown regions, headed by Grand Admiral Thrawn Oof. and Captain Pallion. Devastating. That would be a good yeah. way to explain and then how has... the First Order still has so much power. Yeah. But the only thing I want to change, though, is the fate of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Because in the books, I'm sorry to spoil this for you, Metatron, but I- I'm just going to... Grand Admiral Thrawn was killed by one of his own. Okay, um, Metatron, you good? Yeah. Okay. You good, brother? You good? So, he, um, yeah, there was that. That happened. I don't want to see him suffer that fate as it was in the books. I just want to see the fate change because he doesn't deserve that kind of um, demise. Mm-hmm. Um, as, you know, an Imperial officer, he deserves an, a more honorable ending, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and the thing was that Captain Pallion took over after, you know, Grand Admiral Thrawn fell. And that's when Captain Pallion eventually decided to make the wise move and make peace with the New Republics, therefore putting an end to the Galactic Civil War. For a while, at least. But then... No, like, actual permanently, until, like, the, what do you call it, the Imperial Remnant, that's what they were called after the Civil War ended. Rather than the the First Order. (laughs) Yeah, there... No, no, the Imperial Remnant, there were some guys in the Imperial Remnant who wanted to keep fighting. So they formed the first order. So there was a division in that, in that, uh, in that faction. That makes more sense, but they definitely need to fill in that, that storyline too. It would be awesome to see them explain again, how in the world did the first order managed to attain so much power? Well, the Republic existed. I don't know. To me, that doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense, but yeah, I, I, I agree. It would be awesome to have it as a prequel of some sort. And to stick to the to the books, the original Legends books, without having it be exact would be a good way to... Hold on, I'm saying, Jose, after episode six. You yeah, said, after episode you, six. you said prequel. No, no, not the, the, the Legends books. Did I say... No, prequel to... to um, The sequel. The Rebel stuff, I should say. And then I'm being a little bit unclear. A prequel to how his end... Is, how he's, he's ended so far in Rebels. So instead of having... What happens after Rebels, we all agree, kind of agree, I think it should be what happens well before Rebels, mm. right after Episode 6. Well, we don't all agree on that. I should say those of us who have voiced an opinion thus far mm. no, I, I would say so. No, I what do you guys think? Man, like, it seems like you want to express like a, a yeah, opposing so opinion to that. I'm, I'm still in the first book, mm. Heir to the Empire, right? Mm. That's a really and I've already point. gotten... I've already gotten a taste of, of, of this guy's, like, just the way he works, because... Right now, the part I'm up to, I just wrapped up the part where he visits one of these planets to gain access to one of the Emperor's, like, I guess, secret checkpoints, mm-hmm. and he's met with a clone Jedi. Has mm-hmm. he been to a clone facility already? Uh, don't think I've gotten up to that. I, I didn't say anything. Let's be, <laughs> let's be cautious. <laughs> yeah. not the droids you're looking for. And so basically... Just the way he handled that situation, and that guy was wily. He had force lightning. He was trying to do all this, but he had the you know that special plant that counteracts the force with like a bubble. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I got a, the very first taste of that. That was really awesome scene. But I don't know. I kind of agree with ASAP Balrog. And it'd be really interesting to see, because we get a sense of 
the empire fracturing after the Battle of Endor. The only faction we've ever heard about so far is the First Order. But what about if there were more? And I think that what happens with Thrawn would be a really right. great way to introduce another faction that somewhat has called back to the Timothy Zahn books, but right. isn't quite it. I think that would be a really interesting into adaptation to see. Right. Indeed. And Pull the, from it. And Pull the from First it. Order, remember, like I said, the First Order consists of those Imperial warlords who wanted to keep on fighting. They didn't want to quit. They wanted to, you know, keep their loyalty to the Emperor, who's already dead, yeah. versus those Imperials who wanted to make peace already. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, potential in this story over there. Um, yeah. Other thoughts? Well, I, I'm curious because, you know, we, we mentioned how uh, Thrawn comes from the Outer regions, the unknown regions, right? right. Oh, and stuff. That's that's a good point too. I, I don't want to cut you off, but like we, I think it would be nice for us all to see a little bit more of the story behind that because that's something that seems like they've been setting up for a long time. Hershey's right? chances. What goes on there? I, I just and it that. seems that maybe one of the <laughs> yeah. one of the rumors, of many rumors that are out there, is that maybe the Ryan Johnson trilogy that he's talking about mm -hmm. will deal with some of that stuff out there. Yeah. And so, awesome. I don't really be, want Ryan Johnson to take care of well, yeah. We got we to see So we could he could develop it a little bit more. He's, no, no, he's, he's, doing, he's doing a trilogy of movies. Oh, right, right. So I'm sorry. There's two trilogy of movies that are out there. There's the Ryan Johnson one, and there's the Benioff and Weiss one, which is the guys from Game of Thrones. They're doing a movie also? I thought they were doing a TV show. No, no, no. I'm so confused. So there's there's two trilogies that are currently out there. and the other show for Cassian Andor. Right, right. So there's two there's two sets of trilogies that are out there. There's the one that Ryan Johnson has had signed off pri signed on to prior to finishing Last Jedi because Disney was so so happy with what he did with Last Jedi, right? <laughs> Which um, well, you know, that <laughs> disintegrated so, under yeah, the fandom. Exactly. Well, yeah, a little bit, right? But then you also have the other one where um, these guys that they show ran um, Game of Thrones, Benny Off and White, TV show. I'm just looking at Benny it right Alpha now. Weiss. Benny Off and Weiss are running. It says creators of Smash. We're for We're right. Oh no 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 no. no doing, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. They're Go doing ahead. a. They're doing a stop. separate trilogy. Get this right. So, <laughs> the Benny Off and Weiss one, they're they're kind of thinking that because they have that Game of Thrones influence yeah. and, and stuff, that they may do Old Republic stuff, right? Ooh. Which would be interesting, and it plays well to their strengths because what is Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones plays into that fantasy element. Old Republican play up into that fantasy element. But then you got Ryan Johnson, and you know, some of the speculation is that he wants to do something that's different. He doesn't want to do the same things. He's already said that. So what better place than to go out there and tell a different story away from the main universe, right? So maybe you bring in Thrawn that way. You know, that's an interesting way of doing it. Yeah. You can tell his story there, you know. Um, and depending on where you go, you either go beforehand, you go after, you know, there's a lot of different ways. They haven't spe specified where that trilogy is going to land. So it could land directly after episode nine. It could run concurrently with this new uh, trilogy, you know, where between eight and nine, maybe between eight and nine. And then, you know. Um, it ends up coming after after nine at some point, and then he becomes the big threat in the galaxy and stuff like that. And then these new set of heroes have to fight against him and stuff like that. So you know you have a lot of different ways that you can introduce Thrawn into the cinematic piece of Star Wars. We already have him in the animated. 
he's fantastic in the animated, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, I and he's also better served doing a TV show because there you can, in TV, that's more long-form media, right? You can tell more stories. You can get into more of the personality and the characters that way. I'm kind of torn where I want him, you know, because I want to see him interact with our cinematic heroes, but I also want to know a lot more about him. And I don't know if that's probably the best place. Maybe the TV side is the best place. I think but, the TV side is the best place. Yeah, you know, I think the TV side is the best place. And like, I, I'm constantly finding myself defending Ryan Johnson in The Last Jedi. I think it was a good movie. I'm, I think, I'm in the same boat with you. I like Last Jedi. I think there's one thing, though, like if I were to say maybe that's something to to quell the Ryan Johnson haters. Um, if it were a TV show about Grand Admiral Thawne, I think he'd be able to pull it off a lot more, even in the eyes of the haters, because a lot of the stuff that got ruined, and I'm doing this with air quotes, in The Last Jedi by Ryan Johnson had to do with the Jedi and the Force. It didn't have a lot to do with the grounding of the movie. It didn't have a lot to do with the other stuff. The people weren't complaining about, like, I don't know. Uh, they were complaining mostly, mostly about the characterization of the Force, of Luke Skywalker, of Rey's powers, of, of um, how quickly we, we killed off um, oh, Snoke. Snoke, excuse me. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I was drawing a little bit of a blank there. It was mostly about the mystical aspects of Star Wars where he dropped the ball. Again, in air quotes, okay? I don't agree. But for the fandom that really hated that he did that, if you look at, at, the, at the characters in the movie that weren't Jedi that he handled, they were handled, I think, a little bit better. Um, and there were some characters that even had like little small moments that had some fun personality. What the heck was the name of that guy at the beginning? Captain Kennedy. Captain Kennedy. Captain Kennedy with his face when that thing was getting blown up. Like <laughs> moments like that in a TV show would be fun. I think. I think. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me. So I say Ryan Johnson could bring Thrawn to a television medium. There are a lot of other people that could pull it off, but. I think the man deserves a chance. He's going to get his movies, so maybe he's going to be too much Ryan Johnson overload, and he'll just become the Star Wars showrunner, and nobody's going to want that, I don't think. Um, well, he makes some fantastic movies. He I does. Mean, I haven't seen Looper. I do want to see Looper. I heard Looper was fun. Um, but that's just like, that's my like uh, political, or my, my politically influenced perspective. It's like, this will satisfy as many people as possible if you want to keep Ryan Johnson. What if, you, we, what if we just gave the test to the man who created Thrawn in the first place, Timothy Zahn? I wonder if he could handle a television. And he's an author. He doesn't need to handle it, but he can He can be one of the guys that consults on it. Well, he could be like, um, he, he can be the guy that says, you know what? If you George, he could be like George R.R. Martin. He could right, be the exactly. script writer. He could be yeah. a script writer. He, he, can be, he can even be the guy that says, you know what? I'm going to be the, the guy that you come for for anything that's Admiral Thrawn related, which yeah. is pretty much because, his, right? Because he, he's written the new books, also, mm -hmm. right? And I wonder if you, you might imagine maybe they did consult him for like I would the, hope so the media that he's been in, the cartoons and stuff like that that he's been in. He deserves to have a say in anything Thrawn related because he's the creator of Thrawn. Yeah, it's, it's, he created his personality, created all his genius. So that would be. If you're going to create a dream team, yeah, he would have to definitely be on the creative team in order to make a Thrawn TV show or movie or any other medium work. Well, what you about see that. what about uh, Timothy Zahn and Dave Filoni? I've always and said, Pablo Hidalgo. I've always said Dave Filoni really should be running the ship when it comes to Star Wars. He he yeah. was the guy that was groomed to be George Lucas's successor. Yeah, you know, he started out with George Lucas. He 
He trained under George Lucas. George Lucas took him under his wing. That man knows more stuff about Star Wars on, not even on his pinky, probably on the very tip of his nail of his wow. pinky than anybody. He is an encyclopedia. Star Wars theory as well. Exactly. But those are the type of guys that you need to bring in. You know, to to kind of right the ship. You know, they if they did that, I think Star Wars would be the better for it. You know, because yeah. you have one guy who's got the vision, and the one guy has a love of Star Wars. Dave Filoni. He also was trained and was under the tutelage of the creator, George Lucas. What better man to to have Star Wars? You know. In his hands, you know, you would make a lot of sense. Just Paolo Dog was another guy. I I just want to reference this article because I had a little fun with it. It's another article from Dork Side of the Force. Um, Just as some people who could possibly play Grand Admiral Thrawn, excuse me. Uh, So here are a few of the choices. Uh, I guess you guys can ooh ooh if you like it, and ah if you don't, I don't know. Make up whatever you want. Yay or nay? Give us your opinion. Yay or nay? What do you think of this choice? We don't have to pick just one. One of, their, one of their possible suggestions is Lee Pace, who played Ronan the Accuser in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. I say I say nay. I think Lee Pace is a pretty good actor. I think he played a good Ronan the Accuser. I don't think he can quite pull off what we need from Thrawn because he was a little too cookie-cutter of a, villain, of a villain in Guardians of the Galaxy. And that might not be his fault, right. but I would say more nay for that one. Uh, I agree. Agreed. We got nays pretty much right around the bend. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you it's doing? a dance-off, bro. <laughs> the second one, already mentioned by Walt, Michael Fassbender. I say yay. I mean, I think that's a pretty awesome choice. Michael Fassbender could do pretty much anything. So, yeah, he's got the demeanor to play Grand Admiral Thawne. Uh, Thrawn. I keep messing up his name. Prophet uh, <laughs> Grand Admiral Mathron or, or Roto, whatever the heck his name is. Uh, the third choice, I say this is an inspired and interesting one. Um, Chiwetel Ejiofor, of, uh, he was in 12 Years a Slave. He was in. Firefly. Um, he was in. Uh, he was in. Um, he was in Firefly. He was in Firefly in, in uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. He was Doctor Strange. Uh, Baron um, Mordo. This guy. Oh, Baron Mordo. Yes. I say yay. I think that's a pretty. I think that would be a pretty interesting choice. It would be a little bit out, uh, more out there compared to the other ones. Um, weirdly enough, and I hate to put it this way, it's because he would be Af- an African American representation of Thorn, but the guy's blue. Yeah. yeah so who cares? Matter, right. You know, it doesn't matter. That's why I, the way I want a, to put it. You need a quality actor pulling that off. Right. You know? So you know, ethnicity doesn't matter. Exactly. Which is why I think it, it's it somewhat shouldn't matter. Choice. Period. But I just brought it up, maybe there's so Star Wars fandom doesn't always play well with uh, with others in that respect. Which but is a shame. We'll leave it at that. Pierce Brosnan, I think it's a decent choice, but I'm still going to say nay. I think he's a little too old to play the character. Um, James but Bond. He, you know, but James yeah, Bond. He has, oh. a, he has a certain amount of Daniel gravitas. Craig? Daniel Craig is on the list, too. Daniel oh. Craig is actually on the list, too. Nah. I still say nay. Nah, I think nah. he's too... Moody and like brooding to be Grand Admiral Thrawn. Grand Admiral Thrawn is not a brooding character. He's calculating. He's, yeah, he's stoic he's and calculating and calm. He's always in control. Mm-hmm. Daniel Craig is too much like what was me like another Bond girl just broke my heart and it's just like I, I'm not in love with that choice. Um, Jason Isaacs. For those of you who don't know who he is, this is a photo of him. You probably recognize the actor. He's, Ma- he's made famous from the Patriot. Yeah, he's always the British bad guy. <laughs> he was actually the Patriot. He was, he was such a bad guy that um, 
I say yay to that. Brits would actually, I say yay too. Yeah, Britain Brits, didn't like him. Right? Britain didn't like him. Britain <laughs> was bad at him. He played such a good villain in the Patriot that they yeah. were like, you yeah, know, yeah, you're, you're giving yeah, us a bad name, right? So he's got some crud there. And um, you know what? I say yay because going back to what we just said about what the character is supposed to be like, whatever Jason Isaacs is in a movie, he does fly off the handle here and there, but he is usually that in control, calculating, stoically evil yeah. like bad guy. So he could be another inspired choice. He's, he's not. He's not a uh, a big hulking no. type of guy. Mm -hmm. He's very much the guy that exactly uses his mind to, to get things done. You Evil know? British dude drives a jaguar. Exactly. Um, <laughs> next take: John Hamm of Mad Men fame. Close, but I want to say nay. Um, I don't think that that would be the best choice. I like John Hamm as an actor. But I have not been able to see him as anything other than Don Draper from freaking Mad Men for years now. What What about this one? Because you just mentioned something about you know driving a jag and all that stuff. What about Tom Hiddleston? Tom Hiddleston, Loki. Ooh. But uh, Loki played. I I don't know if you've seen it. Wait, it was Jason Blue, right? he, played, he played the Night Manager. There was a show called The Night oh, Manager. Oh, that's yeah, that's a relatively new show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah the last couple of years. It, it was pretty good. You know, not for nothing. I I think we could pull it off. It's a maybe. It's a it's an outside it, possibility. It, it, yeah, it it's, it's not it's not my first choice, but I think it it would be a, a nice choice. I think he could pull it off, and we've already seen with Loki that he he can pull off these different type of characters. And with Loki, he does different type of villains mm -hmm. within each movie. We just talked about it like not too long ago, right? <laughs> so he's, he's, he's and he's been blue before, so there you and go. And he's been <laughs> before, exactly. Uh, Frost Giant, right? He even got the eyes, him, too. As the Frost Giant form in one of the movies, right? Thrawn and confirmed in just, four. <laughs> just before before we go on, I want to I wanna go back because so we'll there's a couple more choices by Roar. Yeah, right. yeah, go no, this is going to be real quick. Um, we were talking about whether Thrawn had, I mean, like, Thrawn, whether Timothy Zahn had any input um, with regards to Rebels mm -hmm. for Thrawn, mm -hmm. and he said no. He didn't. Nope, he had no he didn't space have any input. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. You know, so there's there's that. Derek, that explains you know? that. But he trusted them to do the character justice and he came away satisfied. So at least that's good. you've got that. Okay. You know? So that's good. But if he if they do make a show, get him involved. But that's oh, because yeah. Dave Filoni was in charge. Get him involved. And there you go. And you know that Dave Filoni loves the material, right. knows the material. Right. So, that's probably why he turned over and said, well, why, why Timothy yeah, Zahn was if, like, if it you was, got this, bro. If it you was somebody this. else, maybe <laughs> that, that trust wouldn't be justified. But because it is Dave Filoni, and we know how well-versed he is in Star Wars, he probably said, hey, mm -hmm. it's in good hands. So mm -hmm. what can I say? Yep. Okay. So, so that's conti great. Continuing back. I don't know much about this guy. Number eight is uh is the it looks like the the lead actor Lucifer. from Lucifer, Tom Ellis. Ooh. Is a possible suggestion. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, about Tom. Him. Oh, I think I've from seen him in other, other shows. And he's he's oh, the demeanor. No, that Lucifer. That's supernatural. That one's Mark Pellegrini. Yeah. No. Well, he's the devil in Lucifer, isn't yeah, he? he? Yeah. And, and he plays a very <laughs> smirking. Um. Devil. He's very that that's down a, DC, a little that's a bit, DC, but it can still work. That's a DC property, Lucifer. And, okay. Um, they okay. got they got canceled by Fox, and they're going to Netflix, I believe. Yes, I think they are. Netflix. They're going but I don't to, know if uh, they're running season. another season. Is that like what? No, they're doing a season. Right? They are. They're filming the season. Oh my! Oh, they, they God. saved. They, they, Lucifer saved. Lucifer. That sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
but they saved the show because there was such an outpouring of support by the fans. They did this this whole you know protest ballot thing, and they got the show revived after it was canceled by Fox. You know, so, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. That's great and all, but where was that for John Constantine? Come on, man. Well, they added him to the to the DC. Okay, but I really wanted that show to go on. I think it was too early. I think it was too early in the superhero ness of of things that a a show like that, probably a show like that, Constantine. If you bring it back now, probably would do a do a lot better than it did back then. How many seasons ago did that come out? That was only I only have one season. That came out years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe well, like three, yeah. three, four years ago. Yeah, something like that. That was the episode, the first season, the one and only season. The one and only season. And it was on yeah. NBC, if I remember correctly. And the yep, Arrowverse has become much more popular since then. Comic books have continued to get way more popular since then. They've delved into the supernatural in comic books and Doctor Strange and other stuff like he that. Even had a movie recently. So, like, they could, they, they, yeah, there's now would be a good time, if any, to bring back Constantine. But 2015. So okay, it so was, that wasn't too it long was ago. Not years too ago. long ago, um, but you know, I th- I think it would do well now. You know, it might do a lot better now. Exactly. So let's wrap it up with the last two choices on the list here. Um, one of the choices being Aiden Gillen of Game of Thrones fame. That is a for great. those who don't know who he is, he plays Littlefinger on Game of Thrones. It's this actor right over here, and I'm gonna say yay. I don't know if you guys are super familiar with him, but the work that awesome. he does in Game of Thrones and other other shows. He's done a lot of HBO shows over the years. He was in The Wire, which was a fantastic show. He played a politician on that show, which it's not exactly the same as being a military general, but there's a certain calculating aspect to what he did on that show. And he plays the master of coin in Game of Thrones, right? Yes. That's his that's his official role. He's mm-hmm. like the treasurer, but he's like a very he's like probably the most cunning, calculating character on that show. He's the one pulling all the strings behind the scenes. Or at least trying to until a certain point. Has but, Jay, has, I'm gonna cut you <laughs> off right there. Yeah, but that? has Jason Isaac, the one we all said yay to, has yeah. he ever played a military officer in any other movies you know of? Besides the Patriot? Because, no, and besides, he was in this movie I know called The Death of Stalin. He played um, Field, Field Marshal Zhukov. He could play, and he did Zhukov justice. He was a pretty. Badass guy. There's even an article, and this is something we can discuss maybe in more detail, talking about Thrawn in the future, but there's an article you were looking at a minute ago, just mm-hmm. I saw in, in passing, that said that Thrawn's des- very design is based on this guy. <laughs> and I don't know what that article says. And it has to oh, be Oh, forget, don't forget, he was in uh, Harry Potter also. Yeah, he was, that's right, he was in Harry he Potter. Was, he was, he was um, Lucius Malfoy. Yeah, he, he was the, the, the father. The father of the Draco. Draco. Oh, with the long blonde Draco. hair. Remember, he was yeah. in that too. And he was a good character in that one, even though he was kind of more of the calculating, you know, cackling behind the scenes kind of character in that. But he, I think he would be a really good choice also. Um, Aiden Gillen, again, from Game of Thrones fame, would be a solid choice. And last but not least, I'm going to actually say John the name to this one. You can't see me. <laughs> I mean, you won't see me coming. <laughs> Grand Admiral Cena. Cena could be an interesting choice. Uh, no, the, cho- the final one on this list is Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm just going to say nay, period, right off the bat. Not only because he's playing Doctor Strange, but I don't think he has exactly what you're looking for for a Grand Admiral film. That'd be, that'd be me. And he's a he's a versatile actor, so maybe I'm wrong, but for some reason I just don't quite he's, see it. Uh, he's not a bad option. He's not a bad he's option. Not. No. You're a yay. You're a yay, right? 
I'm, um, I'm personally nay. Everybody's entitled to their own. I'm on the fence on that one. It's kind of hard to say. I mean, no, I was, more minutes like a here, yay. Here, here's what I'm basing it off. Fence too. Yeah, I think I think he could definitely pull off the presence. Um. I don't know how how much you guys liked uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. I liked um, it. I liked yes, it, he, he did a he did a nice con, and that was a calculating character yeah, too. Yeah, you know what? You're actually not wrong. The con, the con that wasn't the con, but that became the con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was JJ Abrams' uh, property. And it wasn't the best movie. But I, I still think he did a good con. He did a though. good job. He did he did the character just. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with him because. I'm, I'm so used to seeing him as Doctor Strange and his snarkiness and his arrogance mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And But there's a certain level of arrogance that Thrawn carries with him. It's internalized, you know? more so. Exactly. Or it's so, passive-aggressive and less like exactly. snide comments. So for that reason, I can see him pull it off. I, I, like I said, I'm on the fence with him. Maybe with me, it's just Benedict Cumberbatch overload because he's just everywhere in the last few years and mm-hmm. like winning Oscars and playing Doctor Strange. He was a dragon like in Mordor. Well, yeah. small. Yeah, he was small. Yeah, yeah. he's everywhere. He was like he was Sherlock Holmes. Enough of this guy and his weird name for like five minutes, okay? We don't need a Benedict Cumberbatch in our world right away here. But I mean, I don't know. That, those are just. Uh, a couple of the possible inspired choices, and I think we can all agree that no matter what happens, they need to bring Thrawn to live action, man. That'd be freaking awesome. We'll see what happens. We'll see where it goes from here. So, moving right along, I'm going to ask a question to all of you out there uh, in the pop culture over pizza geeky fandom. How many of you people have seen Bird Box? All of you? Yeah, it's got to be all of you. Because pretty much everybody on the planet has seen that movie. Not everybody on the planet, but uh, as was noted earlier, Walt, you said Netflix, it's true. They never release numbers on how many times their their content has been viewed. Uh, they they claim uh, that Bird Box was the fastest watched of their original content. It was 45 million people, I think, over like a three-day weekend or something like that. They're treating it like a box office First weekend. Week. So the first weeks, 45 million people in the first week. They say it's the fastest uh, viewed property on Netflix. And now, all of you, sorry, what? It's 45,037,125 Netflix accounts. I was uh, the 125th person that saw it because I waited until I saw 18 million memes. Memes everywhere. Bird Box. There's there's so many memes. I had no idea what it was about. I just see Sandra Bullock in a blindfold everywhere all of a sudden. I'm like, well, I guess I got to watch this freaking movie. And I did, and I enjoyed it. Um, do I do I think that it was necessarily worth the 45 million views? Maybe not necessarily, but that's not the point of the conversation here. Uh, Netflix has issued a warning to those of you in the pop culture universe uh, who have decided to complete the Bird Box Challenge. And Netflix's message, I will read it out in a moment, but it basically says, what the hell is wrong with you people? Stop doing this challenge. You're going to hurt yourself. But let's say what uh, what they actually said. Netflix stated on their Netflix uh, Twitter account, can't believe I have to say this, but this next part is in all caps. Please do not hurt yourselves with this bird box challenge. We don't know how this started. And we appreciate the love, 
but boy, a character in the movie, and girl, another character, have just one wish for 2019, and it is that you do not end up in the hospital due to memes. I have to agree. This this calls back to the planking challenge that happened a few years ago. There were people <laughs> falling off freaking buildings what? from doing that darn thing. There was somebody that died. I think it was in Russia. That's where they do all the craziest stuff. Anyway, but somebody I think in Russia was planking on a freaking building, fell, and died. So... <laughs> Just that's just a quick mention. Are any of you guys planning on doing the bird box challenge? I've never even soon? seen the movie. You've never even seen the movie, but I just showed you the video of the poor baby crashing into a wall. That's just one of the casualties. AKA of the bird bad box. parenting, but whatever. <laughs> it is pretty bad parenting if you're running around with a blindfolded toddler and he crashes into the wall as a result of your negligence. They actually had somebody who tried to do the bird box challenge for 24 hours. Somebody on YouTube. Really? Was some YouTube uh, personality or something like that tried to yeah, do it? Yeah, it seems like that. Now, the interesting thing um, is that they they say they don't know where it came from, but I believe, and I'm trying to look at the article, before they released it, they tested it out, and part of the, the um, I don't know if it was ever released or not, but part of the, the marketing was people walking around with blindfolds. So for them to say that they don't know where it started, I, I happen to think they kind of do. Um, they're just trying to, you know, not get litigated by somebody doing this bird box challenge and then, you know, having them sue Netflix and hit by a car or something. Exactly. I mean, it, it's just dumb what, what, what this thing, this thing is. And like I said, I'm trying to find the article that, that said that here's the so, 24. My, my MacBook pro is freezing, but it's on the verge.com. There's an article that links to the video of some, Stupid celebrity or YouTube celebrity or whoever celebrity doing a 24-hour bird box challenge. Mm -hmm. I don't know why this needs to be said. Just like Netflix put it in their account, but what is wrong with you people? Stop doing stuff like this and getting yourselves injured. There's no reason to participate in the latest viral challenge. You're just like a freaking sheep when you do stuff like that, people. Stop doing this kind of stuff. Netflix warns against it. I think we all kind of warn against it. Pop culture over pizza does not endorse this behavior, people. Stop doing it. You're going to get yourself hurt. Yeah, you're going to get dumb. yourself killed. Or you're going to get hit by something. Like, likes like aren't that. that important on, on Twitter and Instagram for you to go okay. put yourself. Okay. You I just got to say, like, okay, I, I just wanted to see who this was. Some YouTuber who has how many subscribers? Morgan Adams, who has 2.3 million subscribers, she did a 24-hour bird box challenge. Um, I don't know who you are, and you definitely don't know who we are, but Morgan Adams, you're an idiot. <laughs> Moving right along, what else is in the news for our streaming services? I believe uh, again. it's a little bit more into having to do with Netflix. It's just a brief little mention. Somebody tell us a little bit about little yeah. bit about it. It's on the lighter side of things, but not too light given what's going on with its affiliates. I was gonna say Punisher season two is <sighs> finally almost here. Now finally here, almost here. See you around, Red. It's just uh, less or about a week away at this point, right? Yeah. Uh, actually two weeks because two it comes weeks out away. on January eighteenth. Two so weeks actually, away. thirteen days because we're recording this on January fifth. So uh, we're almost there. We're getting there in just a couple weeks. That's going to be an interesting release week. Um, 
Oh, yeah. What, what's coming out that week? We have Punisher, we have Glass, Glass, and we have the Broly movie. Dragon Ball Super Broly is all coming out in that same week. Not enough time. Excuse me. But it looks like there's going to be just way too much stuff coming out. Um, I have not seen the first season of the Punisher. Like I mentioned this before. I am behind. Meta is giving me a look, people. It's a deserved look. I do deserve it. I understand this. I just finished watching Defenders. Uh, I do hear Punisher is one of the best shows in the Marvel Netflix universe from a lot of different sources, online, critics' reviews, people that I know. So I'm going to jump into that next just so I can get to this darn Punisher season two. Um, I, I have a watch buddy for the Marvel Netflix shows, though. One of my good friends has been going through it with me. So I have to wait for him to get back from vacation, visiting his family somewhere in Arizona or some other place doing some family stuff that's not even important. we got to get back to Defenders and, and Punisher Dude. So get back here as soon as you can. Um, but, yeah, it looks like it's going to be an exciting second season, um, and we're probably going to have to say goodbye to the character. Yeah, because they'll uh, cancel it two days after. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and think that, anybody's going to survive this. That, that'll leave us with Jessica Jones. And then once that airs uh, sometime this year, then that'll be the official end of the Netflix Marvel Universe. Hey, I don't know if this is a possibility, but I still say nobody's officially canceled Defender Season 2 yet. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Granted, there might not be any reason to go there. I'm just saying. It hasn't been officially canceled yet, so that should tell you something, because they've canceled all these shows just after their second season, or just after the very last season has come yeah. out. Something the, to think about. The, the only thing is that you know they really haven't with with the other shows before they were building with a you know there was a, the tie back with the hand yeah right? leading to the first end um, season of the defenders which no after week. after defenders there really is not that one you know greater threat so mm. it, it seems like it's going to be a little bit more difficult to kind of manufacture something for them to fight against because they they haven't been the stories after defenders were very singular and specific to the to the characters, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there wasn't as much um, back and forth between the characters on their different shows as it was prior to that. I'll say this much, though. From what I've seen so far, and granted, I haven't seen a lot of the extra setup that comes after the Defenders, but the Punisher is so integra integrally tied to Daredevil, because he was introduced on the darn show, so there is a way that he could be included to set something up. Maybe you're not going to shoehorn into, into the whole season, but nobody ever said that he's not in it. It's possible, right? Mm -hmm. Granted, these are just outside theories. And Jessica Jones is so intimately tied to Luke Cage, who's very intimately tied to Iron Fist. So there's a possibility. It's interesting it's not because like, Jessica Jones, the second season, almost didn't make any mention of Luke Cage, right? No. Mm. Well, yeah. not, that I, not that I know of. Season and, three, and, who knows? And Daredevil. Um, the last season didn't mention anybody. Didn't mention anybody either. Yeah, they didn't really mention anybody either. Yeah, so I mean, well, uh, when they were with Misty Knight, she mentioned Luke Cage's predicament. Right, the, but they were oh, very yeah. small. Yeah, they were very subtle. You know, it, it wasn't There's like before up, where you, know, you literally had the character come into that show, you know, and and do like little team ups and stuff like that. So we'll know. see. We'll see. I mean, I, again, I'm not well, holding my breath. But now the Punisher is coming out. It just gives me a little bit more hope at something. Like in the last Luke Cage season, actually, we did have Iron Fist. Right, we did. Actually, yeah, you're right. The, that was the one instance of of any of the shows after Defenders. And then that was it. And it was, what, one episode, two episodes, I think? Yeah, like he, one or two episodes. Yeah, so. okay. Well, there's a lot more for me to see. 
So I'll give an opinion on that once we once I've gotten past Punisher season two, which is going to take a little bit of time, but I'll Netflix binge and get through it as quickly as I, I just can. want. I want to see your take on the Punisher, and I want to see Asa Fowlock's take on the Punisher. And I have seen Daredevil season three, which has been mentioned, which I know is out of order, but it is somewhat compartmentalized. Yeah. Compared to the rest of it, it does tell you what happened at the end of the Defenders, but the Defenders kind of freaking suck anyway, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter very much. So that's something else to look forward to. Do you guys want to make any mention of Jigsaw? No, I, th I think we can, especially since there's some people here that haven't watched it yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we can wait on that. And you know what? I think Punisher 2, Season 2, is maybe something that we can talk about with greater detail at a later date when you guys have caught up. When we binge through all of this, when you guys have binge through yeah. that season. Yeah. Right. I, I do want to talk about that. That makes a whole lot of sense to me. So Punisher Season 2, check it out. January 18th. Stop doing the bird, backs, bird box challenge. Now for the final segment of our podcast, the crux of the conversation, we will be reviewing the movie Bumblebee. Yeah, so as far as like general impressions go, and even looking at some of the reviews, the reviews are pretty good for this movie. And I think it's largely because <laughs> Bay did have his hand in it. I believe he was one of the producers. But this was generally... This was very, very story driven, and that's what makes this movie work. Okay. Okay. So, like, in comparison to all the Michael Bay movies, where the complaint for me, even though I will say that I, I have not seen Bumblebee yet, for those of you that are listening, the complaint for me, again, was always the storyline was a little incoherent. It pulled from too many Transformers storylines. The action was a little bit weird. It, the, the story, it wasn't story driven enough, it was too much action driven. Yeah. So it seems like, for the most part, Bumblebee solved a couple of the weaknesses of the Transformers movies. Is there anything about Bumblebee that you didn't like compared to the Transformers movies? The one thing that I guess I didn't like, and is probably my biggest uh, problem with it, okay. is that this movie supposedly ties into the Bayverse. I did not like any means want this to be tied to the Bayverse. I wanted this to be like a soft reboot kind of thing. Right, right. And the way that they made the characters look in the trailers, you have your Generation 1 designs, you have a story that's set in the past before all the Transformers movies, Transformers, Transformers movies, you have, um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of Transformers that are not, are there in Bumblebee that are not in the Transformers movies that we saw from Michael Bay, um, it's like a sound wave, like a shock wave. Well, they a were of new characters. Well, they, they were, but they were not what we thought. They were, they were, yeah, they were completely different. And, yes, which is, if you think about it, that kind of ruins the continuity in a sense. Because why do they look like Generation One Transformers? That's why this Bumblebee? needs to be a soft reboot. It just needs to be. You know, like Michael Bay producing it is probably why we're not going to see that. He's unfortunately throwing the money at it, so he's like, "You can't forget about my movies, man. My movies were freaking awesome. Stuff exploded, metal was flying everywhere, and Shia LaBeouf. Come on, how could you possibly dismiss any of that stuff? I mean, I don't know. I, I, as long as Bay is involved, it seems like we're never going to get the true, the true reboot that we're probably all looking for as Transformers fans. Because I, I mean, crazy guys. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but like I like the first movie from Transformers, or Adventure of the Fall, number two, which was pretty good. Yeah, and then after that, that I think I saw the third one. I don't remember much about it, and I don't remember even. Oh watching man, the they one. destroyed Sentinel Prime's character mm -hmm. in that one. It was 
not the best, but it was it was a somewhat it was a twist, but it wasn't a twist we needed, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is actually ex- exactly why it's probably a good idea to just take these movies and build something new. Unfortunately, but I, I heard that's yeah. the reason why they didn't include characters like Megatron in this one because of his storyline in the Transformers movies. They they couldn't explain why he was frozen or whatever it was for all that time or buried underground. I don't even remember exactly what it was. Well, he was searching for the all spark. That's yeah. what it was. When it got jettisoned off of Cybertron during the war, mm-hmm. he you know he kind of had a lapse in sanity and just hounded that thing. He's like, let me follow this thing across the freaking universe for no darn reason. Yeah, Screw Cybertron. Frozen, frozen in Antarctica, right? Uh, the Arctic. The Arctic. Okay, that's the show. And uh, so, somewhere over there. Except, what, what did you think about reservations, review? Bumble. As spoiler free as you can do it for me. If I you mean, don't mind. Metatron already hit it on point with the soft reboot. I totally agree that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just finding my words right now. <laughs> no, don't <laughs> that, worry about it. It's like, how do you explain what they've done to these movies? Because my mind's out of it, but I'm really trying to get into it. That, um, the Bayformers movies should be retconned, pulled what I call a Halloween, in which you know they kept you know one movie but just focus on that, build from there. Well, yeah, then they like they removed everything past the first one from the Halloween continuity. Exactly. Right? Actually, they did that with Godzilla a few times. They did that with Godzilla and Disney did that with Star Wars. Disney did that, yeah, Disney did that with Star Wars. The Dragon Ball fan in the group can tell you that they're doing that currently with Dragon Ball because I don't know a ton about all the storyline in the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie that's coming out, but but they changed the story of, of Goku and Vegeta a little bit. They changed how they were raised. So that, I mean, that's the creator of, of Dragon Ball, Akira Toriyama saying, you know what? I didn't like that part so much anymore. So I'm just going to change it because it'll make this movie better. But yeah, just retconning the Bayformers movies and just building from the Bumblebee movie by Travis Knight, because the ending of Bumblebee was pretty much open-ended. It was like, there was a fork in the road. You mm-hmm. could go anyway. You could continue to follow the Bayformers movies or you could go a separate path. So they left open a slight possibility that they could retcon certain things? Anything, yes, because it was very happen. vague. Anything okay. can happen. It, let me ask this again without getting into too much spoilery mm-hmm. territory. Mm-hmm. Does the movie connect enough threads to the Bayformer movies that it'll be hard to break away from it? Or is there... No, not necessarily. So it's possible. Yes, it's definitely possible. You know, you, know what's, you know what's good about this movie? It takes place in 1987. Which is 20 awesome years, <laughs> no. 20, 20 years, two decades <laughs> before the first Bayformers movie, which came out in 2007. 2007, okay. So it's good that um, these two movies are not married to each other, like Rogue One is episode four, mm-hmm. or how the original Clone Wars show in 2003 is married to episode three, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So that's that's what's good about it. And um, so that's what I think in regards to the soft reboot. I also believe that, I know, I know Walt agrees with me on this, that... There should be more to the Cybertronian war aspect. There should um, be what more. Is, what, what is there's an aspect of the movie that deals with the, the war yes, of Cybertron? Which w- it was in the beginning of the okay. movie. Okay. And they only showed that for like a, a good five or so minutes, more or less. But Oh, so it's like in Lord of the Rings when they have like the, the original war for the one ring. Yeah, yeah but that was, that was but a tease though. The rest yeah. of the movie, in my opinion, was like a freaking soap opera. Not that it was bad, okay. but... It was it less action-oriented exactly. than any of the other ones by far. Yeah. Yes. So Which is not a bad thing. Narrative-wise, this movie was on par. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was really good. It was really up there, but 
in regards to the first Bayformers movie, 2007, mm-hmm. the action of that was, in my opinion, much more, much more intense and got you, you know. Yeah, because into, into what it. I do remember from the Transformers movies that I did see is that the first one, the action was a little bit out there, but like you could kind of make out enough of what was going on. It was still very kinetic. It was still very like Michael Bay style of shooting the scene where like exactly what's going on isn't always perfectly clear, but you could understand who was fighting who, who was winning, what attacks were working, what was happening. And after that, after pretty much last to me after the second one, the second one, like the, the Optimus Prime fight in that forest that kind of had the, uh, the, the mm-hmm. ode, the homage, I should say, to the original Transformers uh, cartoon movie from mm-hmm. the 80s, mm-hmm. which uh, Walt and I are huge fans of. You're talking, about that, you're talking about that handicap match in the forest when Optimus Prime yeah. fought those three. Yeah, but that's how, that's how, have you ever seen the, the, the Transformers, the movie cartoon from the 80s with Unicron? Yeah. Remember, if you remember that, so essentially what happened, he like drove into the scene, remember yeah, he like crashed through very, one guy, yeah, he flipped very, over them, yep. he shot like four of them while flipping through the air, he did all this awesome action stuff. Just to show how much of a badass yeah. he was. And right, that was, right there. yes, exactly, and like, just as, a, as an aside, I was going to say, Walt and I used to love that movie so much that when we were kids, we would recite every single line from the movie while we were falling asleep. We did that with Without that messing movie? it up. And we did that with Star Wars. We did that with Star Wars. Yep. We used to recite every single line from those movies. That's how much we loved it. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, yeah, that, to me, after that second movie, after that awesome fight scene, basically, because I thought that fight was awesome, again, it kind of showcased Optimus Prime is a badass. He could take on five or six Decepticons at once. And the guy who killed him eventually, again, was Megatron by cheating, just like in the cartoon. After that, I couldn't really see what the heck was going on. Like, yeah. I didn't understand, like, the action, especially once you got to the next movies. It was just a, a flash of metal everywhere. So the action in the first one was good. The action in the second one was okay. The action in this one seems like it's a little more a little more in line with other action movies where you can make out a little bit more of what's going on, but maybe it's not quite as entertaining and visceral as some of the stuff we saw in the Transformers movies. Is that kind of like... Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Okay, okay. Yeah. This is I haven't seen it. The best I can do is try to sum up what you guys are, are saying to me right now. So, okay. Yeah. That's fine, though, because I was getting a little sick of the very overly kinetic Michael Bay style of action. So if they put a little bit of story into that, that's pretty cool. What else did you guys think about, like, is there any other aspects of the movie that were good or bad? The action was pretty, was okay. The story was pretty awesome. What else do you guys think about it? Well, I'm going to go back to what I said um, mm-hmm. before in another incarnation <laughs> and we're not going to get into that in another life yes but um you know for me bumblebee occupies a, a very weird place um i i i like the movie um i almost love the movie but it's like it's it's one of those things where it's it's a little weird because again you know um I'm a big fan of G1. Mm-hmm. I, that's how I grew up. That's what I looked at. Transformers yeah. and look and, and all that you stuff. Look, you look, I'm looking at the IMDb um, page of this movie. Bumblebee. Um, Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Dylan O'Brien is Bumblebee. He's the voice of Bumblebee. I don't know if you know him, but he is the guy from The Maze Runner. Oh. He's the guy from Teen Wolf, which surprised me a little bit. But listen to the G1 characters that are in this movie. Mm-hmm. You've got Bumblebee, obviously. You've got Optimus Prime. You have the new ones, Shatter and Dropkick. 
You have Blitzwing. We have RC, which I completely forgot about. RC's in this movie. Shockwave, Soundwave, Wheeljack, Cliffjumper. Ratchet. Ratchet. Braun. Do you remember Braun? Mm -hmm. the, yeah. the old green Jeep? Mm -hmm. He's in this movie. We had that toy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then it was that's a very small ones, toy. Actually. It was a very small yeah, toy. It was, it, was a, it was a very small transformer. You said it was easy to transform to. You just kind of like yes. unfold his legs back. back, and then that's it. And that was it. That's when Transformers <laughs> were simpler. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, I, I like this movie. I in in the franchise, I have to put it up there with the first one. But again, um, I'm gonna say this: this movie is a more personal, more softer tone, you know, it doesn't deal with action, it deals with story, and it does the storytelling really, really well, right? But again, in our, in another incarnation of this talk, right, <laughs> um, I find myself, if I had to go back, I would go see Aquaman first. Okay. Because there was more fun, there was more action, uh, there was more... There was something about, and again, I appreciate good storytelling. Bumblebee is good storytelling. It's just the way that they frame that movie, and the beginning of that movie is so incredible where they show Cybertron. That's the movie I want to see. That's the movie that I want to I want to look at. Okay. You know, it's not so much. When I think of Transformers, I think of big robots. I think of action. Mm -hmm. And this one is a little bit more on the softer side, which, again, is a good thing, but maybe not what I wanted to see out of Bumblebee. Okay. Okay. I understand that. You know, that the thing is, too, that it's interesting. Like, I kind of agree. Even though I haven't seen Bumblebee, okay? Like, I kind of agree with your thought process because, for me... I don't go to the movies as much as I used to when I was younger. And if I go to the movies, I want to see spectacle. I want to see crazy stuff on the screen. I want to see a movie that shows me some awesome 3D. Not to the level of a Michael Bay thing, but I want to see some explosions. I want to see some crazy fight scenes. Yeah. So if Bumblebee kind of dials that back compared to the other Transformers movies, that might be a movie. I'm still probably going to see it in the theaters, actually, just because it, it seems like it's a pretty good movie. And I I've been curious to see it even from the first trailer. But yeah, I agree. You want the spectacle. If Bumblebee features less action than like an Aquaman, than like a Transformers, then it's not a movie that I would normally run to the movie theater to go see. And see, that that's the thing that perplexes me about this movie because, you know, we're, we're sitting here and we're saying we don't want the Bayverse, right? We, mm -hmm. We've seen the Bayverse. And I think Bayverse fatigue factors into why this movie didn't do as well as it should have. Right. You know? It made like $200 million. Yeah, it made, like, it, it came in third place on its opening weekend, and it was paired up against Aquaman <laughs> and Mary Poppins. I can see Aquaman being it, but if Mary right. Poppins beat you, then... And so so what happens is, is that still. Star Wars <laughs> vacated December, and so now everybody wanted to go in there, and mm -hmm. I think Bumblebee would have been best served if he had moved out of that place because then I think it would have made a little bit more of a, of a big thing if it was by itself. But that being said, like I said, I, I find myself weird, weird with this movie because I appreciate a good story. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody here would say that the Bayverse, you know, <laughs> it, it, it didn't take that into effect. It was more into the spectacle. Yeah. It was more into the big bangs. And and we're criticizing those movies because of it, right? 
We're saying, you know, those yeah. movies were all about just explosions, yeah. and then yeah. the next explosion had to be bigger than the last, and then the next one had to be three times bigger and stuff like that. And that's not what this movie is. But yet, I kind of miss some of those aspects of it because... Okay. Okay. And so, like I said, that's that's the the problem I have in liking this movie because, again, a very well told story, very well acted. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really anything negative you can say about it, but at the same time, it didn't excite me like any of the other movies that we talked about. Or Aquaman. I went so too far afield in the other direction away from the Michael Bay stuff it went way yeah. too indie like Haley Stanfield like hanging out with Bumblebee and like I don't know taking in some sun rays and like driving around the California it's, coast it's, to make it to make a football <laughs> point it's like saying um you, your Michael Bay movies are Rex Ryan mm-hmm. and oh, then God. you're talking about Bumblebee with which is um oh god what is it? I, I can't remember from New England um, oh, Belichick, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, right? Yeah, it's going from Rex Ryan to Bill Belichick. You know, <laughs> big Rex Ryan, explosions. big pompous, huge, you know, larger than life character, and Bill Belichick, where you have to force them just to say hi. Yeah, you he's know? always wearing that hoodie, and he gets made fun of a lot on Saturday Night Live. By, exactly. Um, I can't remember that guy's name. The, anyway, the guy, the dude, right? <laughs> exactly. the dude from the place who did so, the thing. So it's one of those. Bobby Moynihan, you know. Yeah, and I think if if Bumblebee had found a happy medium between the two, mm-hmm. I think it would have been better served. And I think they should have done focus more on Cybertron. Okay, um, say that because that's I think that's what people are starving for. I think I can solve this. I think I could solve it, and maybe may have made Bumblebee a little bit better. Because if you think about it, what could they have done that could have made this a little bit better? They could have expanded on the Cybertron, but they couldn't do that too much. What they could have done, maybe, maybe, as a thought, as something mm-hmm. they could have done to make it a little bit more exciting in parts, is they have the Bumblebee story going on alongside the Cybertron story throughout the movie. You have a little bit more about the War of Cybertron. You don't have a lot, but you have like a minute or two here and there showing the, the setup to the war, some of the battles, some of the aftermath, some of how the war led to Bumblebee and led to the future Transformers movies. So then you can have some awesome action scenes. Not necessarily Bumblebee being involved in the, every awesome action scene, even though I'm sure there were a couple of good ones, right? There's probably a couple of decent Bumblebee yeah, action the, scenes. It's not bad action. Was good, but there just, was nothing yeah. memorable. Yeah. Like the, like, right. For so example, you have the cyber stuff interspersed throughout exactly. the movie. Since you guys said that was the best part that's the in most terms memorable, of action. That's the most right? memorable part of the, the right. movie. Right. You know? That's the, the one that you remember. So you cut that throughout the movie. Other than that. You introduce different G1 characters. It's the way to do it, right? Yeah. I mean... I guess tell me like what you guys think would be the perfect kind of kind of what kind of movie were you looking for here? Okay, so mm-hmm. I was actually discussing this with ASAP earlier mm-hmm. for the ideal War for Cybertron movie, mm-hmm. and one of the things that uh, me and ASAP agree on is that this time it shouldn't be told from the protagonist side, the Autobot side. We think it'd be interesting if it'd be told from the Decepticons' perspective. Oh, who could it be that they could... Who would be there's the only one person. Yeah, who? there's only one. You'd have to go Megatron. Yes. And it would... Megatron's. Not even a Starscream? No. No, because you know what? Starscream is, is such a, a, a feeble-minded, backstabbing, 
You know, you you wouldn't say little and, finger, yo. He's uh, he's show, basically show. Star Wars. Or God darn it, there I do it again. <laughs> he's Transformers, little finger. He's the coward that pulls the strings behind the scenes. Yeah, but, but that's the yeah, thing. But he someone who has the interest of Cybertron at heart. Starscream has the interest of himself as being a leader. That's right, the, and yeah. that's Megatron. Color. That's okay. political goals. Exactly, okay. and and what you just said—that he thinks about himself—that would color the story towards him. Ooh, I got an idea. What about this? What if they did something akin to? Because if you think about it, this point was brought up earlier in an alternate universe <laughs> conversation. And so, okay, but like, can, but can we say exactly seconds. what happened? Just two seconds. Two seconds. We'll say it right after. Okay, if okay, I make okay. my point. We'll tell everybody what happened and why we're here again. And you'll see how much awesomer it is that we're revisiting this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so what would be cool, and tell me if you guys agree with this here we or go. not. Okay. okay. No, no. This is a completely new idea. It's a completely new idea. Now, uh -oh. I'll, preface it, it I'll preface this by saying, if you think about it, Optimus Prime and Megatron are Professor X and Magneto. Yeah. Right? They both have the interests of their people in mind, they just have a different way of going about it. Indeed. Optimus Prime is peaceful. Megatron is Mal is the Malcolm X character, right? That's mm -hmm. the comparison. That but then made. again, who is to say this guy is bad, this guy is good? That's the point. That, that's like there, saying that's like saying King Orm is bad. We're not Aquaman saying Aquaman is good guy. That's the point. I, what I want, what I think would be awesome if you think about it, because the best, the best X Men stories with Magneto and Professor X is where they're both right. Yeah, is where they're kind of both right, right? Yeah. Or where. Like something will happen, and Professor X will be like, "Ha ha ha! I told you, peaceful, peace is the way to go." And then, like, I don't know, a bunch of X Men get killed, and Magneto's like, "Well, what, what the hell happened? I told you, like, exactly. we have to defend ourselves." Yeah. What if you have a story featuring the two of them as the protagonists? They're not antagonizing each other; they are the protagonists. Like First Class, which I mentioned earlier, which I freaking hate that movie, but, but at the same time, yeah, you can see. Where it occurs. So you exactly. So you speak of a Cybertron before the Cybertronian Civil War. Yes. Before the formation of the Autobots yeah. and the Decepticons. You, know you think that would be an awesome movie? You I think that would be an awesome You can actually make a trilogy out of that if you think about it. Because yeah. you can have the I'm first I'm in favor of that. The first I say yeah. Part. Yeah. Mm. The first part could <laughs> oh, be the no. relationship and the world building of Cybertron, right? Yeah. Yes. Where you have, you have the two, you know, bright-eyed... Uh, Transformers, the leaders, right, mm -hmm. so to speak, mm -hmm. or at least maybe they haven't attained that that leadership yet. Maybe they're yeah. under the tutelage mm -hmm. of a greater leader, right? That would and be the primes. The primes, exactly. Uh -huh. And they're they're rising in the ranks together, right? Yeah. And, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And then at the end of the movie, you start to see the break. You start to see where it's like okay, and it kind of like Doctor Strange, right? Doctor Strange. Baron Mordo mm -hmm. and Doctor Strange were equals, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they they were they were going, and it was only toward the very end of that film where you saw Baron Mordo say, "You know what? Enough! I got to do this because this is what I feel is right. This is how yep. we're going to protect, mm -hmm. you know, the realm or whatever, you know, and stuff like that." Maybe you do that there, and then you build to a second film where you actually see the, the war, fracture right? and the war and Again. the building. Exactly. You know, it's almost saying? like Lord of the Rings again. It's getting to Lord of the Rings. Almost like Planet point. of the Apes almost, too. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's you just got every kind of thing. Yeah, the first because the first one was the split, the second one was when the conflict started, and the third one was the resolution yeah. of the conflict. Right? Exactly. So there you go. You just made yourself a Star Wars <laughs> Transformers <laughs> trilogy. 
You guys are going to have to electroshock me every time I say Star Wars <laughs> next time we're broadcasting. <laughs> I can't even break this habit. You know, okay, we'll tell the story now of what happened just so I can tell you how hard it is for me to break this habit. We recorded this whole segment a little while ago, people. We recorded, we recorded this whole conversation about Bumblebee and listened to how organic we still are, damn it. This is good stuff. We recorded this whole segment. It was really long. I'm not going to say how long it was because I don't want you guys to compare how long this is. But we recorded this whole segment. And in that segment, I referred to Transformers as Star Wars about three times in that segment as well. <laughs> so... <laughs> I obviously have some Star Wars on the brain. Maybe it's because our throne conversation was just so awesome. But yes, that is what occurred. That is why we were doing this again. But we still have our opinions about Bumblebee, and they still haven't changed. I will say, though, Meta, I think you had a thought about my idea for yeah. the X-Men comparison. It didn't look like it was a good one. Well, so no, see, on me. here's the thing. <laughs> I, I like it. I really do. Uh, but I really want to see... A, a story that solely focuses on Megatron, in my opinion. Solely on Megatron. Because we have a lot of Optimus. We have so much Optimus. We have little to no Megatron. Yeah. We have a lot of Autobots, period. Yes. But let me, let me ask you this question, then. How, because usually, yeah, with with these two, they're, they're, intertwi they're intertwined. They're, they are. They're, I'm not saying they're take... They're linked, right? Yeah, I know. So... Take away Optimus from no 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 I'm, I'm saying because you wanna you wanna see a Megatron movie, right? Mm -hmm. If you take Optimus out of the equation, would you still find Megatron as compelling? Because the best the best Megatron is when he's playing off of Optimus. Right? Yes. Like the best Bumblebee okay. is when he's played off of Barrick. <laughs> <laughs> so, in, in, so, in my, so in my opinion, why. in regards to yours, I would say no, it's not actually. Okay. Okay, but mm -hmm. what I was saying was I'm not taking Optimus Prime completely out of the out of the equation. What I'm saying is shift the focus. The focus is always on Optimus and the Autobots. Mm -hmm. I want to see the focus go from being on the Autobots to being on the Decepticons. That's Why do they think they're right? I'm also, yeah, I agree movie. with you, man. Yeah, I agree. A lot of a lot of different movie universes don't really build upon the villains that much. So that would be a very bold move from the Transformers crowd, not the Star Wars yeah. crowd. The Transformers. <laughs> so the way I envision that movie is a lot of like what you guys said. Uh -huh. They start off as buds. They're rising through the ranks to the primes. They start noticing them. But then once you get like to that boiling point, mm -hmm. this is all still focusing on the Megatron part. Um, I don't know if you guys remember from the Bayverse movies or comics, his mentor is actually the Fallen. Mm -hmm. And the Fallen right. is the one that is credited with twisting him. So, so he's like the fallen. He's, like, the he's Darth like Darth Vader. Vader. He's like Kylo Ren. He's no. the he's the Godfather well, well, of the Decepticons. Megatron is the Darth Vader. Yes, kind of. and yeah. the fallen is Darth Sidious. The fall, yeah, he's the Godfather. Yeah. Of the so okay. what okay. I'd like to see <laughs> is the fallen. While he's rising through the ranks, <laughs> he has the fallen in his ears, but he's still oh, leaning man. towards Optimus yeah. Prime and yeah. his view. But as he th sees things develops, he starts seeing the Fallen's point of view, to the point where it gets so bad that they have their divide. And then when that happens, it's basically just like the way they... Oh, God. How do, how do, how do I explain it? Like, when he finally 
sees fully sees the the fallen's point of view mm-hmm. that's when he creates the decepticons okay. Okay. and then you would eventually have optimus rise to oppose that but in megatron's light he's going to in in the view in the viewership of megatron this is going to be a resistance because yeah. by this point cuz even in the movies the decepticons are the majority on cybertron yeah. not the autobots they are. So the Autobots would rise up as like a resistance, like sort of like a oh that was the word so used anyway. Yes, like about resistance. basically. Yeah. But in this, like how do I you're basically turning it on its head. The Autobots are viewed as the bad guys because they're making this disorder. They don't want to follow the peace through tyranny thing. And that's what drives Megatron off the board. You know what I've had enough of in pop culture? Because this goes in Transformers, Star Wars, mm-hmm. and all these other you know, you know, pop culture um, topics we discuss. I've had enough of hearing about all the scheming, ambitious people being considered the bad guys, the antagonists. I've had enough of that. I feel like there's a very close-mindedness and bias towards that. It's as if if you're an ambitious person, if you have like if you're really, you think so long term, you have all these goals, you're automatically a bad person. I like to see that person as the protagonist mm-hmm. and look at those other ones who think of him as the as a bad guy, as the antagonist. I think in Star Wars, that, that's what that's why I want yeah. to see Sith as protagonist and see the Jedi as actual threat. So just so just one that's, more. That's Last Jedi. So and kind of in a way. Oh, you got yeah. schooled, boy. No, because, not really. I mean, well, no, because you look, you look at what what Luke was saying, right? Luke basically places all the blame of the the way the universe but is this, on the, the Jedi. But it's still mostly know? centered around Rey, who's considered, you know, the hero. No, no, yeah, I know, you know, I know the good but, guy. But you have kind of that subversion in that movie where it's like, okay, the Jedi really didn't deserve to hold all that power. Yeah. They, they. And it, it caused the downfall of the universe because all they wanted to do was hold on to that power. Right, but that and aspect... They wanted to be the nannies and the moral authority but of that the universe aspect, that didn't necessarily want that. Exactly. But that aspect in TLJ was but an hors d'oeuvre compared to what I, I speak Oh, of. yeah, yeah, of course. They didn't... They didn't and I, I, they didn't really drill yeah. down on that. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they kind of <laughs> hinted at it, especially when he was having his conversations about, you know, all... About everything with the Jedi and stuff, mm-hmm. but they hinted at it. You know, it'd be interesting if they push that further along in future movies. If they, if like they because, wanted to do that in TLJ, what they would have done is they would have done one of the things that some people were speculating they would do, which is have Kylo and Rey reverse mm-hmm. their roles and have Rey because become going back to, Kylo become good. Going back that to would have been an interesting one. going back to Transformers in regards to Megatron, he has all these ambitions for Cybertron. He mm-hmm. believes in a world of order when that word as soon as that word is mentioned order you're automatically a bad person that the label is thrown at you right away i hate that bias first ambition order, order. <laughs> ambition order scheming bad bad labels <laughs> metatron is fucking what, right what is now. it metatron so basically <laughs> the whole crux of this movie is how megatron turned bad why does he turn bad because the decepticons will have started out as a peacekeeping force but because Megatron, he, he like you said, order is immediately seen as a bad thing. Well, so Megatron is bad because you, mm-hmm. Megatron is bad, Andre. Okay, okay. Just hold on, just hold on, just hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So basically, when Megatron right? tries order's to instill bad. this order, 
That is the whole reason why the Autobot resistance rises up. And because of that, it forces his order to act more cruel. Yeah, I... I... And because of this resistance, that is why Megatron becomes so warped. That's why, if anything, you have to be really careful what you choose... As the moment, yeah. And when I when I I'm, when I mean the moment, I think we all understand what I'm saying. The moment where Megatron decides, you know what, yeah, this whole peacekeeping shit. crap is garbage. The only way to do this is through strength. I just think there's through power. I think there's just such a bias and closed mindedness in pop culture that people are so quick to throw labels. Like you look at the hate of TLJ by all the, you know, SJW haters. Mm-hmm. People, you know, are hating on TLJ because of all the SJW aspects. Yet there's a lot of people out there who are so quick to throw labels on who's considered the bad guy. You know, everyone has different mentalities. Yes, so what the point I'm trying to drive home From a certain is that, point of view. Yes, the order was good. It wasn't until people started to resist Maybe. that it turned bad. Once, there, once, there's a, once there's an opponent, it's automatically bad, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So fingers. at one point it was good, <laughs> but because there was a resistance, it became bad so I think that because goes, people thought so it was bad. I think that goes with anything right. then, Metatron, that as soon as you have an opponent, you're automatically considered a ah. bad guy because you're, the, the perspective is now from their eyes. Yes, and that's the tragedy of Megatron's story. He's doing... He, he can be Thanos. I'm sorry to cut you off, but he can be Thanos. Thanos had a reason for his order. We don't have to make it that that freaking homicidal and ma- maniacal because in the end, Thanos so is kind of a crazy person. Maybe but what if? Maybe well, like, yeah. The point the point I was gonna make is like, yeah, what if there's something where order preserves life, what preserves li- the way of life of the Cybertronians? It's the order that keeps it that way. That's right. And the the fallen, even though they're they're referred to as evil and they're kind of shown as supposedly these evil characters, what if they were right? What if they demonstrate a way in which they and Megatron are right? Without totally throwing out what the Autobots are all about, which I yes. guess more freedom and all that unnecessary crap. Yes, Whatever. That's but, basically what I'm trying to yeah. say. Okay, I guess I'm just sorry, but like, yeah, that's that would make more sense because then that way, if you then you could have the Autobots be evil in a sense because they're they're destroying the established order that has kept Cybertron safe for who knows how long, generations. But what is the then that begs the question: What is the threat? That is so terrible that you need this degree of order to keep Cybertron safe. And how do the Autobots changing their perspective on dealing with that threat? How does how do they deal with that threat? It's a very complex story. It why could be we, an awesome one, though. I agree. Why don't, I agree. We, why don't we take a look at the the premise of Black Panther? Because mm-hmm. I think that probably fits this one a little bit better. Um, because remember, okay, and think about it this way: because you can make a case, right? And and it's it's a, a little bit far fetched, but not as far fetched as you as you might think. You can make the case that Black Panther T'Challa is actually the villain of his movie. Yeah, he's not necessarily the hero outright. Right, because he abandoned exactly, people worldwide. Because if if you if you watch the movie and you listen to the mm-hmm. argument that Killmonger makes in that movie. Where it's like, you know what? Here we are. We are the richest, the richest country in the world. The most powerful country. The most, most powerful, advanced. most technologically advanced. We have 
everything to offer, right? Uh -huh. And Killmonger always looks at the colonizers, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As as the the thing that oppresses his people, right? The ones outside of Wakanda. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so T'Challa and his people, they're all about isolationism, right? They want to be separated. They want to be hidden from the world. Mm -hmm. And Killmonger, yeah, he takes the wrong approach to us, but he says, you know what? We have the means to help the world, to help our people, to stop them from being oppressed. Mm -hmm. Why aren't we doing it? So do that on a Cybertronian level, and you got yourself a movie, basically. There you, you make, go. You make Megatron... Killmonger in quotes mm -hmm. and Optimus Prime is your and, is your T'Challa. And Killmonger, as good and maybe as virtuous as you want to say his 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 thoughts are and stuff like that, he goes about it the wrong way. Yeah, he's misguided. Right? He's misguided because of the life that he had before, because he was abandoned, because he was he was shunned aside There's and stuff like too, that. Right. And so yeah. you know, so his 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 vision is is sound his approach to it is not see and t'challa we're getting into slip into slippery territory right there, it, it's and i'll tell very, you why it's very hard to because <laughs> you know why though because then you have to give megatron an upbringing you have to have baby megatron you have to have think about it because if you do it that but way they, but you have to have a, a, a formative yeah. instead of megatron microtron you, you, know? you have to have his formative years <laughs> that that create the damage in his psyche that he can fall to violence as a solution. It's not just the fallen that put him there. There has to be an origin for him. Yeah. Because they, they just didn't flash and exist. You know, and you you look at them, they have personalities. Mm -hmm. So that means their personalities, if if you think about maybe in human terms, I guess, they do grow. And they, yeah, they, they probably do, do change over you, time. You think about the Star right. Wars. There we go. Transformers, <laughs> yeah. Transformers 86, 85. You need to make some coffee for you. Zap, you know? Zap. <laughs> you just, yeah, ASAP is zapping me right now. Thank yeah. goodness I got your name correct. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't even know what the heck's going to go on. <laughs> Transformers, kids. Um, I don't even, I even lost my train of thought over so there. Oh, no, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the Transformers 86 movie, you had Hot Rod, who was obviously a younger Transformer. There you go. Compared to like Optimus Prime, mm -hmm. Rodimus Prime. And in that movie, you saw the transformation from Prime. a younger, <laughs> from a hot rod to Rodimus. To Rodimus Prime. Rodimus Prime. Right? So you could see a similar progression for Megatron. Possibly. Yeah. You could have a young Megatron. I guess it could work. I mean, it doesn't have to be Baby, Meg baby Megatron. That'd be some weird stuff. But that's there. why I think <laughs> the rising through the ranks in the eyes of the Primes is a good snapshot there has of that. To be a, there so, has to be a seminal maybe. moment where everything breaks for him, where he starts to question everything that that he's he's learned up until that point. It could, and it could be, like you said before, the seduction of the fallen. You know, the, the whispering in his ear, hey, listen, you know, do it yeah. this way. I'm showing yeah. you all the wrong things that are happening. And Kinda you know like what? the way you have Sidious did it with Anakin, right? You have you see, power. Yeah, you see <laughs> how the Jedi they scheme, they screw and, and things they up, screw things up, and that, that was that was Sidious's. That was the the seed that he planted in Anakin, and then he finished watering that seed with Padme. You know what I'm saying? And if you really think about it, he wasn't that he wasn't really wrong. And he wasn't wrong, and and again he says, you know, you can't 
you can't give into the dogmatic good, right the you Jedi. can't be a good leader if you just follow one side of the teaching the dogmatic approach of the jedi as you said you need to know the you ashla know? and the bendu exactly and so he, was, he was basically the snake in the garden of eden he was the one that was that was kind of whispering in the ear of anakin and and dropping these little seeds of discontent and discord in him you know mm-hmm. and that was the thing that over time, over the three movies, that's when you saw the change because Anakin, when he was when he was first found on Tatooine, he was this young, bright-eyed kid where it was like, you know, oh, the Jedi, oh, you know, I want to do good. I want to come back and free my people. And from like from a certain point of view, well, from a certain point of view, well, Sidious wasn't a snake whispering poison into Anakin's ear. Yeah, that's ear. the devil but in the Bible, he, man. No, he, no he was an angel opening up the mind of <laughs> Anakin Skywalker. You know, he was a very great Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> but you know what? But, but, Come to think of it. That's where it is, you know? And that's why that. I think the Primes would be a perfect Jedi Council role. Imagine the Primes as... as, as the they have their own primes. standalone movie this, about the Primes. Imagine the, the Primes as being... Mm-hmm. And you know what's even better? Yeah. The Fallen <laughs> was work. once one of the Primes. But, but think of it this way, though. And, and I, it's I like a Knights of the Old Republic thing. Further. Imagine the Primes, the primes of the Old Republic. As, yeah, as could, this autocratic group, right? That's basically what they are. And, and But they don't have the society's uh, interest in mind, and we go into politics now. If you want to go political, Cybertronian right? politics. You, you mm-hmm. have you have these group of politicians that really don't have the general public's interest in mind. Imagine the times like that, where it's like you know what we're going to rule over Cybertron, right? But we're going to do the best to keep our one percent. This is another one of those art imitates life moments. It's a feudal society. Exactly. Imagine if we do it that way. I mean, that's a that's a great way for the fallen to have the fallout with the primes. It, it makes sense, right? And he was and also then, one of them, so he knows how they work. So, exactly. And then so, he goes and he finds the impressionable, young, charismatic transformer, <laughs> Megatron, right? A military mind. And he goes and he starts whispering in his ear, listen. The primes, they don't care about you and your kind. They only care about the highborn or whatever whatever, whatever high society class you have in Cybertron. That's a way you can make it work. Well, the Autobots you know? were originally like outnumbered the Decepticons on Cybertron before the war. Did mm-hmm. they not? So you could yeah. have – I believe they did. I believe they did. Or there was more evil or is more equal, I should say, maybe, because then guys, that's already setting up guys, the Guys, you know, right coming there. to think of it, though, I'm actually glad then – that in this Bumblebee movie, because this is all um, ta- being yeah, talked about because of Bumblebee. That, right? yeah, exactly, but check this out. I think Spoiler that yeah. I <laughs> think that it was actually good that the Cybertronian War wasn't expanded upon in the Bumblebee movie because like the name elsewhere? of the the name of the movie is Bumblebee. Not it's Cybertron. about Bumblebee. Yeah. If we're gonna do a Cybertronian movie, then let's do like what Metatron said. It should be based off. Of mega, you know, of me- Metatron, right. Megatron. So our movie idea—they <laughs> have the movie in development right now. Yeah, but in animated form. The War of Cybertron. The War of Cybertron. So okay. In animated form. So and that's the basically that the video game. The Primes are the Jedi Council, right? Yes. They are arrogant. They are self-serving. Detached. Who are you talking they about? They are self-serving. The Primes. We're setting up. This is our movie, right? The Primes are, are this arrogant council that thinks they have all the answers. And then you have the Fallen, 
who are not really evil, but who he are like... He represents the people. He represent, well, he represents a different way of doing things. It's just that we don't really want he's to say good or evil Sidious. for any of them, right? We don't want to say good or evil for any of them. He's, because he's, do, he's introducing oh, you, you, you a new point even, of view. You can even make him as a self-serving, you know, a guy that wants power for himself, but he figures the way to get that Which is by subserving, be, by... It's by very Machiavellian. Exactly, yeah. you know? Maybe he, he sees the primes as a threat to his way of thinking. He wants to rule it his way. And so what he does is that he now tries to recruit people. You and know, that's where Megatron, Megatron that's where he comes And I don't know if this is true. I would have to verify this with you guys. Is yeah. it true that in Megatron's origin story, he was once like a gladiator on Cybertron? That was, that was from Transformers Prime. So is that... Like canon? canon? It's canon know. in that, that like, continuity. Exactly, because I heard he was a really badass warrior. As a gladiator, he fought a lot of battles in the arena. That makes sense. That, yeah. That's why he, he saw, became a hero of the people. Yeah, and that's why he's so battle-hardened. The people love him. Like be he a said, good way people's champion too. Yeah, I just saw Planet Hulk, like the animated movie, so it's kind of like that, <laughs> similar to that. So okay, so yeah, you have the primes who suck, and then fall the fall and decide like, hey, this guy Megatron, like he's impressionable, he's strong. He's, he's got a great military mind, and he has influence with other Decepticons. So we're going to recruit Other Transformers, because Decepticons don't exist yet. That's true. Other Transformers. Yeah, there's no such thing as Autobots and it Decepticons. It branches out of that eventually. But yeah, like you could right. say that that leads into the war. They wreck the Primes. They kill most of the Autobots, even though they're not Autobots yet. And then the Autobots, again in quotes, become the minority, and that's how we get into the present day of Transformers. There's your and movie. then Optimus Prime Movies. is basically the Obi-Wan of the story. Yes. So now, by the time the It's story... over, Megatron. I have the high yeah. ground. <laughs> so Megatron initially really does have the moral high ground, but then when he switches over to a very violent way to gain that order because order like you said in and of itself is not a bad thing but if it's gained through violent means that's probably where it becomes a bad thing if it's violently acquired that it order. becomes and, cool and order, i think yeah. more if and that's when their roles cool. switch and I maybe megatron's the hero at first optimus prime is the anti-hero kind of but not really yeah. and then it turns on its head to get to where we are and, in the transformers and, the and word it was kind order of like, is is like the catchphrase for the authoritarian right mm-hmm. The authoritarian for a long time. They, that's what they want. It's like nineteen eighty four. The order, aka keeping everybody in line. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where that negative connotation comes from because you see authoritarians use that word a lot, saying, you know, I am bringing order to my empire, peace and order to my empire. This is getting, which means really, I'm bringing peace and keeping everybody in line in my empire. So I think that's where that that negative connotation with the word order comes from. Right. So it's not necessarily know? about the word itself or the way you go about it, but the intention. I think that's yes. what it is. I, I think say that's thing. where that's where that you know. When, so that's when already an, that's about, already an individual problem. That's not right. Exactly. It's, it's not. It's not order going to be about individual in itself is not a bad thing, but when you start using it to further your gains and stuff, that's when you start seeing evil intentions, evil intentions. Exactly. You know, you're trying to, yeah, I'm just hold everybody together. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like your point about order, not being a good thing or a bad thing. This is a little off the, this topic specifically, but in my own life, I've had this conversation with a lot of people in the past and what it, what this conversation entails is uh, around language. Okay. Like, one word that I like to use as a perfect example is the word manipulate. Okay. 
I don't think that people should think that that's such a negative action or word. Why? Because when you when people hear manipulate, and when I ask my friends, what does manipulation, manipulating mean to you? They're always like, it leaves a bad taste in their mouth. They give you a look, kind of like the look you're giving me like right now, Meta. They get scrunched in the face. They get the, the, the brow that's really squeezed up, and it's like, what are you talking about? Manipulating is terrible. Manipulating people is awful. No, I don't agree, because... In a sense, we're all manipulating each other right now. Every interaction is a manipulation. If we want to agree to do something, we're manipulating the outcome to a certain extent. We're not doing it necessarily selfishly. Like just coming together to do this podcast, we manipulated each other to do it. We were like, hey, it's a good idea. We, we all love pop culture. We all love Star Wars. I can actually say that now and mean it instead of it being Transformers. <laughs> we all love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We all love comic books. We all love you know TV shows. We all love this stuff. So it wasn't a manipulation in a, in a, a malicious sense. It was we were like, hey, we all enjoy this thing. So I'm going to manipulate you, in quotes, to do it. It's the same thing with the word order. It's like it doesn't have to be a dirty word. It depends on how you go about it. And it becomes a dirty word in our possible uh, Cybertronian Transformers movies because it eventually the order is no longer maintained by – more but more like like non-violent benign means it gets to a point where it's like belligerent it's violence it's anger it's murdering other freaking violence you know, for the sake Autobots, of being violent. it's like whatever. Scar, it's like scar from lion king yeah right? yeah, yeah exactly he, he he came in he overthrew mufasa mm -hmm. right and he brought in the hyenas to maintain order the place went to shit. yeah <laughs> everything went to hell so, yeah so it depends on how you do it right yes and okay. there is a perfect example for that in an upcoming slice between me and ASAP Balrog mm -hmm. here, we start talking about God of War. But specifically, mm -hmm. in God of War Ascension, mm -hmm. we, we're looking at a set of characters called the Furies. Mm -hmm. And basically what they are is they're dealers of justice. They make sure you uphold your pacts, all that kind of stuff. And here's where this, this notion of intent comes in. Because before a certain point... They were just dealers. They were harsh, like in the words of Orcos. Uh -huh. They were harsh, but they were just. But it wasn't until Ares came with his plans to overthrow Olympus that they started to become cruel just for the sake of being cruel. It mm -hmm. wasn't about being just anymore. Okay. It was about inflicting pain. Right. And so that feeds into this notion where... Order doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, mm -hmm. but it's the intent behind it that matters. Mm -hmm. And so the vision here is that Megatron could have the intent of order being a good thing, mm -hmm. but it's as... Safety, it's security. Yes, and all that. But as more resistance springs up and prompts him to be more cruel, because you can't have a strong thing going on and you have a little insurrection here. It's, so The grip gets tighter. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. And as he Slowly tightens his sure. grip, he mm -hmm. becomes the Megatron that we've all come to know. That ruthless... becomes super badass. I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that my way is, is executed. That grip slowly but surely gets tighter and tighter. You know? It becomes a loss of control and a loss of order, in a sense, mm -hmm. eventually. That's when what it gets Princess to that point. said, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The tighter your grip... The more galaxies or star uh, systems, yeah. star systems. The more you tighten yeah. your grip, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so this goes back to that saying: with great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. Or 
do the ends justify the means? That's that, another that one, too. one too. Yeah, but, yeah. But great power comes great responsibility. What do you think? I mean, it's all about, I guess, not giving it to the temptation of, you know, of wanting and, more. And the temptation is great for many of these characters. Well, power for its own yeah. sake. Like right now, I'm fighting the temptation to get a buttermilk massage because <laughs> last night I got a buttermilk massage and it was great. And I kind of want one tonight, but I'm fighting the temptation, guys. Yeah, exactly. It's about willpower. Yeah. And eventually Megatron <laughs> runs out and he has to go get a buttermilk massage. <laughs> he can't take it anymore. You're, you're not getting one here. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You don't have any I'm not asking. You don't have any you're SOL on This is the wrong crowd. So any other, any final thoughts about Bumblebee, the movies that could spin off of it, maybe... Any any impressions that you guys want to give us before we wrap up another episode of our pizza party? All I'm gonna say is I want that Megatron movie. Okay, that's a thought. I that's want an that Megatron one. movie. I like that one. Are we all yay on that one. I'm raising my hand. I say yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm down with that. We have four hands up in the air. Travis Knight, make a Megatron movie, dude. Whatever you have to do, twist Michael Bay's arm. Whatever it is you have to do to get this done. He'll throw some money at it if you can prove to him that it'll make some money. Add some more explosions, you'll be fine. I think that's the way to go about it. I think we're all somewhat in agreement on that. Yes. Okay, ladies and germs, I think that wraps us up for another pizza party, another awesome conversation that I want to thank you gentlemen for having with me as always. And uh, as always, we want to... Uh, you know, shout out some of the other platforms that we are on where you can listen to us. If you want to listen to our podcast, you can listen to Pop Culture Over Pizza on the All Important Apple Podcasts. Find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, and of course, where you may likely be listening right now on Anchor, where much of our content originates. Don't forget, you can also find us on Twitter at PCOP Podcast. Again, look for us on Twitter at PCOP Podcast. We are on Instagram at PCOP Podcast. And we just opened up our Facebook page. Nobody goes there yet. That's understandable. Check us out on Twitter. <laughs> check us out on Instagram. Again, check us out on Overcast, po- Overcast Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, Crestbox, Breaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Check us out. Give us a listen. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Give us some feedback. Give us something, yeah. for Christ's sake. Come on, people. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. For those of you that are listening right now, I want to say peace. I'm Jose. This is Walt. And may the force be with you. This is Metatron bidding the adieu. This is Buttermilk Balrog. Happy New Year. Fear to deer. <laughs> that sounds like a lovely massage. And from all of us at Pop Culture Over Pizza, stay geeky, my friends.